welcome back to WTF and Vonadil. Corn Pop may have been a bad dude, but I'm Spicy Ryan and I'm better at this game with... Uh, the Fox Danger? I, mean, I don't know. I think Corn Pop's wrong, right? <laughs> no, Corn Pop. Not the most exciting breakfast cereal. Corn Pop was, was a bad dude who ran a bad group of guys, Fox. Oh, okay. What the fuck that is? <laughs> you'll, you'll have to Google that. Just type in Corn Pop was a bad dude and then, you know. At any rate, today, we are going to be going over set creation, or as Fox puts it, set brewing. Yeah, brewing. It's going to be a brew-ha-ha. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people ask questions about sets, so you brought up the idea of doing a, uh, an episode on, on how to build sets and stuff, so I kind of threw together a, an outline of like how I do it, and you're just like, yeah, sure, we'll go with this, so here we are. I was surprised, because you whipped it up <laughs> like Martha Stewart got something that was pre-made from TV Magic out of the little oven, and you know, he just pulled it out, and I'm there like Snoop Dogg going, word, Martha? <laughs> the references tonight are on fire. Um, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just it's actively what I do. Like that was like free flow out of my brain. I, so I, you'll, you'll notice a lot of these are like a lot of the points on here are like very abrupt. So that's, that should be an indication. <laughs> out of our relationship, Fox, I appreciate how, I don't want to say like you're, you're predictable and basic, but how I can apply a basic form of logic that I feel would be most sensible that you would take and be like, Oh, Fox would probably feel this. So that's probably, and usually it's somewhere in the neighborhood. So I'm not, I'm able to like get in sync with you on certain, uh, you know, what would you rather do, or what do you think about this item, or what's your general philosophy? Even if my like, I just honest, it's nice to identify I, that. I'm okay with being basic, man. I don't need to fucking complicate shit. What I'm saying, Fox, is I can understand <laughs> you better than I can understand my wife. Ouch. <laughs> don't worry, man. There's counseling for that. So. <laughs> Be like, mm. uh, you know, outside of certain things, like she doesn't like X or Y, so uh, you know. Don't don't make me this for dinner. It's like, oh, okay, I know that. But when it comes to be like, oh, Fox would just think this, but fuck, who knows what Carrot thinks? Yeah, well, I guess open those lines of communication and figure that out. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> we talk. We, you know, it's just uh, you know, it's, it's easy to anticipate certain things. That's I'm just overall TLDR. I I appreciate that I can anticipate you better <laughs> because you're sensible. Whenever I ran into that that issue, like like where I, I don't feel like I could predict anything that like you know uh, my, my girlfriend was saying or anything like that, I, I would just ask them to explain it. <laughs> it's that it's that straightforward. It's, it's like, will you just explain that thought, please? She's very witty, <laughs> and that's why I can't predict how sharper or sudden. She's very creative, so she gets very creative uh -huh. with her responses or things she does or says. So I get a uh, you know I get surprised regularly, which I like. Oh sure, <laughs> it's that that sharp venomous tongue of a. Of an ice bitch. <laughs> there you go. See, that's predictable, though, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And that's I say ice bitch in a good way. But Fox, enough of that. How are you? Uh, I'm actually doing pretty good as of today. Uh, today is the first actual day of my spring break, though I started a little early yesterday. <laughs> um, so all the classes are, are done for the quarter. Uh, my final exams, one of them was really easy and I, I just absolutely crushed it. I haven't gotten the grade back on it yet, but if I don't get an A, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised. And then the other one I had to get like a 37% on or I'd fail the class. Um that that one was terrible. And it's like I think I, I alluded a couple times to like a terrible exam or whatever. Um he actually graded it and returned it to us and uh, I ended up getting like a 72 on it. So, uh, so that's so been a motif with you though. 
Well, it's impossible to tell. Like that, that I felt like that class particularly was graded on the charity of someone I've never interacted with. So I can't really gauge what that person's going to do. You know, like I don't know if they're going to get like a wild hair and be like, "Fuck this guy," and just you know destroy my test and make me take the class again. <laughs> you can never tell. Like the the lecture, it's it's the only poor class I've had all quarter. Like. I none of the information that I, I had to find for that test was in any of the lectures. Like I was fortunate I knew most of it. So I just didn't practice most of it because usually when you take a course, like you have like homework to do throughout the quarter. I know nobody likes homework, but it is actually important. Um quizzes, you know, stuff like that. So that way you can get an idea of what what you're you're being graded on or what metrics you need to hit like throughout that quarter gives you an idea of you know the learning outcomes. This class had none of that. So um, I had like four lab assignments that had me write some like ridiculous Java program that had nothing to do with the final exam. And then uh, I had like two research assignments that I had to do like in-depth research on like fucking processors or something that had nothing to do with the final exam or the learning outcome for the class. So it was like this weird busy work that was required for my degree. But I mean, all my other courses are are legit but that one felt really weird to take it was like the actually felt was a waste of my time so i'm just glad i i didn't get fucked by it though that's for sure um in game though you know the slightly more interesting part of things uh, i would say that uh things are going a lot better uh my group uh ended up one for twoing end guy last night um the run where we won was really smooth but we did get very lucky um ended up getting uh two bolster resets so we had bolster on it full time from 74 to dead um but otherwise, I mean, it was executed smoothly, so I think we would have been fine anyway. Like, we ended up killing the thing with, like, almost four minutes left. Wow. So, I mean, we absolutely slaughtered NGI V25. Um, I was kind of hoping that they would fail a little more because I wanted to cap my glades before they won. <laughs> but uh, I am glad that they got through it because it was pretty more... It, it really helped morale um, to watch them handle the fight like that. And I say them because I was just a bard playing a song, playing songs for some crabs. Like, they, they did all the work in that fight so they did a really good job clearing that you took both grabs i ended up getting both grabs yeah cool yeah um but they had to tank uh they had to tank some of it on the front line for a while and the white mage was able to tank one of the crabs like you don't pull hate right away which is really weird even though i have enmity songs um so i had to actually sing on them for like probably a solid minute before i could pull them off the second ad has a shared enmity with the number two there so it's a lot of enmity to build up yeah well i mean the second one actually felt easier than the first one the first the first one was absolute hell like i started like the moment i got all of my songs off um i immediately swapped into my my enmity song sets and i just started singing on end guy constantly hoping that he would hate reset them and i would build up enough enmity that i would have a nice stock of enmity on the crab when it spawned um and that that really did help but it still took a while for me to pull it off so but yeah, um, it's definitely interesting not doing it with a with or not doing it with a puppet master. Uh, I prefer the puppet master method over using a warrior and a monk by a lot because there's just more control in the fight. Um, and uh, yeah, I spent a lot of uh, a lot of those fights crying sadly into my flute as I watched everyone die around me. But I'm glad they finally were able to get it. That's for sure. The warrior um, that's should, the warrior should uh, be hardier than than the puppet master though. So he was. So you would, I mean, if as long as you're handling it on Bard, it's, the only problem is going to be proccing. That's the problem. No, not at all. Well, uh, we we had almost no, we had almost no issues. I, I would run in real quick, proc it, 
and then I'd immediately run out. And since I, I, I used the Corsair resets to get Nitro back every time. So I had a Nitro Elegy for a Nitro Mercado Elegy for each of the crabs. Ah, okay. So it it, uh, it took a lot of the the fight out of them, and then I also put Nocturne on them too while I had Nitro going. So that way, if they did do a TP move, it, it wouldn't be terrible. Um, and great. yeah, it was that, it was pretty easy to tank. That Those makes a difference. Then. Yeah, they were really tame. Um, but yeah, they were they were definitely harder that way. Uh, I would say it it takes a lot more specialization to use a pup, but I would say the pup is the superior method if you could use it for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about all I got going on, man. Uh, what do you have going on? Well, let's see. You know, there's a certain thing. We're going to do uh, 10 seconds in Jersey here. Uh, oh. Getting gas on the way home. Uh, it makes me grin whenever I hear it. So I roll down my window because you don't have to pump your gas. You got to have the attendant come over and give them the card or oh, cash. Yeah, or that's right. That's and, weird. Yeah, and they just, you know, they do it for you, which is nifty and all. But uh, there's a phrase we have in Jersey called 20 cash regular. So I'm I'm waiting for the guy to come over, and this lady's over next to me at the other pump, and I hear her go out the window, twenty cash regular, and I just I grin because it's it's just a uniquely Jersey thing. It's stupid. Otherwise, I have been enjoying Cat's Eye continually still, and yeah. I am yeah I'm just going through thinking about transitioning full time. No, no, I, no. I hear they gave you a remo. <laughs> I, I do have Ken Conkin, but my pup is not unlocked. Mm. Everybody gets one. It's not like it's just a me thing. Uh, but I've been going through doing COP and ZM because you got to do those things, and I've been updating the wiki along with those, and that's leading to, I know it's 2023, and I feel bad that some of those pages were in the state they were in, and I don't mean like they were unusable. They were very good in terms of everything is there. It's just the run-on sentences or things being in there <laughs> in a wall of text that is not broken up like it should be in the sub-bullets or not organized cohesively in a way that I think it more so it's wiki amateur writing at its finest. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. It's there, but it needs to be it needs to be presented. It's the difference yeah. between uh, you know just ripping your clothes off or seductively taking them off. If that if that's your thing, it's a technical document. So like, it, all you yes. got to do is just just observe what you do for a technical document. It should be fine. But adding maps to it, adding descriptions, all this kind of stuff, it's important. Uh, I, I made a map for stupid headstone pilgrimage going through. To find the the one through Ifrit's Cauldron, because I didn't like what existed out there, so I, I made one. Didn't take that long, but it's nifty. And the, when, once you follow, you're the like, number. Oh, sorry. I just say once you follow, you're like, man, I'm glad this exists now, but I know it's I know it's a little late. Oh. I'm sure someone will need to see it that's never played this game before. So going forward, it is now a thing. But better late than never, I, I guess. The uh, the number one thing that I always have a problem with, though, and it, it's it's kind of like built up over time as to how much it's bothered me, is that like the source citation throughout is just almost non-existent. Sorry, I just never and, Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying just like your particular pages. It's just like when you look at most wikis that are out there, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on the wiki. I think it's just something that, that could be. An no, you're correct. It's what's supposed to be done. We just yeah. yeah there there should be source citation on like every page when we're referencing something, and I just. It's it's never there, and it's I think it's what confuses a lot of information, honestly. So yeah, that's a good point. I can just see I can just see like why those pages would be like that though, and then like you you talking about those pages like like triggered that thought. I was like, man, I bet there's like no source citation. There should be. So when I work on a mechanics page, I put references in there. I usually just put references at the bottom instead of 
citation. Yeah, I, it should be. I mean, it's, it's citation well, should be both. a little thing next to what's being referenced. In, yeah, but, in text citation, and then you have your references. I just, I just usually hit references and then say what the reference is to, because sometimes it's just sure. parts of the document is that reference. So I don't, I'm not going to put it next to every instance. If it's, it's, if it's citing something directly, that's when I put it next to it. But I think it's just important for mechanics pages and something like, uh, like mm-hmm. shoal pages or something. I don't need to cite anything like the mobs aggregate they do this, they do that. There's nothing to cite. That's just a fact of the game. So, yeah. I mean, you could you could cite your own testimony in that case. I guess, but I'm, just, I'm not writing. I'm just putting stuff like you know this mob's weak to this or this. You know, that's not really. It's just how it is, I guess. It, it could have testimonial or something to cite, but it's just. I mean, if if it's a post in a random thread on the auction house, says the same thing that I know is the fact because it's just this mob resists slashing damage because it's a crab in Shoal C. Like, do I need to really cite that? I just put it's resist slashing damage. It's just like, if it's a basically observable thing in the game, which is most of the game, I just, you know, I don't know. It's You're correct. I just, it's extra work for a lot of things that usually don't matter. Well, something like that, because like references can always be updated, and I think that's some of the point of having them. So like, you know where the idea is coming from and where it's being stated as a fact that's being looked up. And then if you click on it and it goes somewhere, it could just even be just to a page that simply has like your testimonial saying this, this crab behaves like other crabs. Uh, we notice a 20 from whatever percent resistance uh, to, to, uh, to like piercing. Um, and then that way someone can update the reference later if needed, um, if it's incorrect with like information on like actual testing, if it actually becomes relevant. You'd be lucky if the reference got updated instead of just the information. <laughs> that's not the problem. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's, it's also inherently an issue with wikis in general, not just the BG wiki. Yeah. I have enough of trouble chasing down people who don't fucking sign their testimonials, which is constantly, <laughs> I have, that's half the reason yeah. I have to patrol that. Not, I didn't of, do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just because I, of, I wrote up, I wrote up like Shinryu on like all the difficulties for soloing and on red mage after it came out. And, I don't think I signed any of them correctly. I had to go back and, and yeah. But imagine yeah. imagine just yeah. someone writes something defeated as this, this, that, and they don't put a date like, the name is one thing, but a date and time would be, you know, would be something. So imagine you just six years later see something that's like, is this is this still is this still true? Is is uh is is this what is it, the stupid T Rex in the Walkie Brave? Is it like it's still a difficult solo? I mean It's as difficult as you make it, man. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of loaded, right? Because, I mean, those sorts of opinions shouldn't even be on there. Like, it will be difficult for some people. Well, as a testimonial, I think I think it's fair to say it's very difficult or very easy, <laughs> you know, based on as a pretext to the rest of your testimony. I think that's fair. You would never put on the main page generally. but Right, right, right. But, I mean, you think about it, though. Like, even back then, like, you think about the gear that they'd be wearing. And I guess that's kind of the point you're making. It's like, yeah, they just have, you know, a dueling gear. So, obviously, soloing a Wilds Keeper Eve is much more difficult than nowadays, where you just kind of roll up and go AFK. So. And also, Fox, today I have, uh, shall we call it, uh, the sloppy seconds of what Kara did not want. She decided it'd be fancy to pick up this Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee beer. And she's like, "Oh, I like oh, I like coffee. coffee. Maybe maybe fine." I'm like, "I don't think so." And then we got it anyway. That sounds incredibly bitter. And, well, it's not. It's, it's Guinness, so it already sucks because it's Guinness uh, in a can, <laughs> even with the nitro still. Uh, you know. And after the first ship, she's like, "Oh, I don't like this. You can have them." And I'm like, "Thanks, thank you for for bestowing this burden upon me." So there you go. Bubble, bubble, bubble. Okay. It's been a, oh, you didn't shotgun it? What the fuck? Have you had it before? Have you tried it yet? It's been a bit. Let's, let's... 
Mm, mm, mm. I'm, I'm going to guess that it tastes like soy sauce and coffee. Mm, mm. Tastes like regret. There you go. I mean, a lot of things in life taste like regret. I'm glad you can pin that down to a beverage. Yeah. <laughs> you speaking of today, Fox, you actually have uh, something with various hops in a local brewery, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I went with the uh, the Novi uh, Brewing. I've never had anything from them, um, but I saw it was on sale at the grocery store, so I was like, yeah, this sounds like the beer for me today. Uh, I, I typically IPA, so on sale I, I got things. to check that box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an IPA, got to check that box. It was a local craft brewery, so I got to check that box, too, because I, I will typically try to get those. Like, I was really eyeing the... Well, I guess it's not really just like strictly local because I think Silver City is sold in a lot of places now. But I actually used to live like right next to the Silver City Brewery in uh, Silverdale and um, to dox my old self. And uh, <laughs> old self. I used to, uh, to to go there and drink all the time and their their beers are pretty fantastic. But um, yeah, so I, I went with this. I, I try to drink local when possible to see what they come up with. And it's a decent beer. You know. Right. How much to say about it? It's an IPA. <laughs> Frankly, this is better than normal Guinness because normal Guinness sucks that much that just for getting a quarter second sensation of, oh, this is like when I have a sip of coffee and then the rest of it is not a sensation of anything like that. Though that, that quarter of a second in your mind as it's just touching your lips, you go, oh, coffee. And then you go, oh, not coffee. But, you know, I think that still makes it better than, than a normal Guinness. So I, I guess that is the silver lining here. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, look, they even put the serving facts on it as if you've never... I've never seen a beer where they actually put how many uh, grams of protein are in this. There's 1.1 grams of protein per serving of one one can here. I am I am happy to happy to know these facts. Yeah. Grams of protein. Look at that. I'm, I'm getting protein facts. It's great. Speaking of, it is uh, Shit Patrick's Day uh, as of yesterday. But uh, that means the past couple of weeks, there's been sales on cabbage and potatoes. And let me tell you, I'm not Irish, but I am the other off-white. And that is <laughs> the other get out of here, you're not white enough for us kind of uh, uh, ancestry twice over. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, I also like cabbage and uh, potatoes and carrots and stuff like that. And I've been buying all that shit up because when it's 29 yeah, cents. Yeah, it's one of my favorite meals. Or 19 is, uh... cents a pound for cabbage and go on, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, man. Like. I, one of my favorite meals is uh, is corned beef and cabbage, and it's uh, it's pretty excellent. I didn't get any because I don't actually own a pressure cooker, unfortunately. Um, you mean so you don't need one, but... it. It's the preferred way I have of making it. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always delicious. It. I don't have one of those either. <laughs> I almost never, since I got an Instapot, I almost never used the Crock-Pot. I, I mean, I can and I have. It's especially... When I'd want to use it is when I'm making something because I have to get up and go. So I want something ready for me in the yeah. morning. So it's just there making like cooking overnight or maybe on the way oh. home, I guess that would be. But I don't set it up like that because when I leave for work in the morning, I don't like stop to make a meal and get it ready to go or something. My, my Instapot can make rice, but like it's not it doesn't have fine enough controls for me to make anything else in it, unfortunately. So you're not going to make yogurt in the Instapot? Uh, no, I will probably never do that, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone uses it for that, but I've never used the yogurt function, let me tell you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's out of my wheelhouse. But I, say that. <laughs> I appreciate the Instapot because I'm able to go put away laundry or something while I'm doing it. But, you know, when I make yeah. borscht or something, because what's great is I've got the potatoes and stuff to, and cabbage so I can make borscht, not necessarily. I did make potato soup the other night with all the cabbage and carrots and, and shit like that. And that's, you know, it's, it's been delectable, but... No, thank you to the Irish for mass producing, creating a holiday that mass produces so much food that it's cheap to get cabbage for 19 cents to like a dollar a pound or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I sneak cabbage into a lot of stuff, though, especially like soups and things. I'm big on caraway and sautéed cabbage because those two things go well together. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's that's that. And so that's Cat's Eye has been going well doing that. In game, I have now uh, Master Dancer, thanks to the help of you and other people. And <laughs> got there. I can't get a fucking SU4, SU5, Set and Cobra, or Horus Knife for the fucking life of me. I'm checking bazaars. I'm checking the auction house. I'm yelling. It fucking sucks. Just someone make it, please. If I can go to bazaars and find the blue SU... Five and all this other shit there and tons of copies of every other thing. If I can find the fucking wand for, for White Mage and, and stuff that people don't care about, uh, then why can I not find this goddamn set in Cobra? Especially because it's 100 mil. Everything There's some of these other things for 50, 60, 70 mil. You would think, because it all costs the same to make these items, essentially, you would think you'd go for the profit margin just have one. But no, I cannot find one. Come on, you gotta make the White Mage SU5 for that uh, no buff, uh, no buff A-Rise. So, you know, you can check CD Marty on a server or whatever, and he's got seven copies of Petray, the SU4 Pup Claws, but you can't get a single SU4 <laughs> Dancer Dagger, which also costs five times the price of the, the freaking claws. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of those crafts are, like, extreme losses anyway, so I can see why people don't, like, jump to make them. Well, these people are making them anyway because they have bazaars of them, so you'd think. Well, they have bazaars of everything but the Dancer, one, right? No, they don't have uh, several items, but they have, like, they have the big ones, Gandring... Uh, the pup. They have even the monk. They have gandering is a big one. Uh, the the staff for yeah, I said gandering. The staff for scholar. You might occasionally find the uh, the katana, the great katana, or the uh, the scythe. But you know, if, if I can find the blue sword, which basically no one needs, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could find a use for the blue sword, but it's just kind of weird on blue. I, I don't think I could. I mean, I just not that like I think I think you're better off trying to use a corsair to reset a zero lore than using that. <laughs> In a situation well, it was, really it'd be just for the it'd be just for the subtle <laughs> blow. It'd be path B, and that'd be oh, oh yeah. But I mean, typically I'm not engaged on blue because a different DD with subtle blow is going, and I'm reducing TP. So, sure. I don't know. It's just I've never wanted it. I've wanted the other ones for other jobs, but not not for blue. Not that it's not needed for anything situationally, maybe. But the the effect on it of being chain affinity is just fucking garbage. Just think you could take care of the damage and the the TV reduction all on your all on your lonesome. Oh, yes, yes, that would that would go really not great because you can't DD while you're casting constantly. There you go. <laughs> but now I'm now I'm mastered uh, up to eleven and I'm getting ready for our era body attempt because my dancer before that was like uh, five hundred job points, but now I'm master level eleven. I think around twenty will be good. I got uh, some. I picked up a, a pug group today. Which was surprising of V twenty five Ango and Bose and 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 Guy and I got a couple of runs of that so my dagger is now almost twenty nine out of thirty instead of being twenty five. Nice to join those and not have to carry. <laughs> it was it was actually made better by me being there, which was a nice change for once instead of instead of you know joining a shit show because I was able to go on pup when they wanted the monk because that was my bargain. I go you know I know you're asking for monk but can I come pup instead? And they they accepted me which was nice and I was able instead of just wiping the guy I was able to hold it with the puppet. The whole time. Instead of wiping that guy. Well, they just, you know, I don't want to lose master points there doing that, but we didn't wipe any of them because I come blue instead of just having them wipe to the tree. I just kept feather tickling the entire time so we know I had to wipe. And uh, I went to the Ongo and was able to burst and just stand there and make sure if anything happened, I could just mono wall it and stand there. And, uh, you know, and then for the, the end guy, I was able to hold on pup because that was, you know, otherwise you just die. Yeah. Or kite it around forever. No, I don't want to run for around 15 minutes in a circle. But that was good. 
I've done that enough that uh, that enough times with my flute. Well, I guess there's an update to Ambuscade as well because you and I were figuring out Ambuscade last time, and oh, yeah, yeah. you it is a definitely based on so D is as easy as it gets. Everyone's just yelling D nonstop, which is fine because people can just brute force D all month long. But VD is what we've been doing, mm-hmm. and it's shows the the badness of pugs because it's really not that hard. Yeah. And honestly, we've evolved past needing ninjas even for it, like. The, the method I would have done um, before was is a lot slower than what we did. <laughs> so we just kind of rolled in and killed it. There was a... I'm, I'm going to have to put it on the, the page or whatever uh, for it on the wiki so people have information to it. But there was a Japanese strategy that was posted on the auction house thread. from um, And it was basically take a Geo, a Core, a Blue, a Warrior, another Warrior, and a Red Mage. The Geo dispels and heals. The Blue Mage does Sudden Lunge and Absolute Terrors, the Manta. The Core does Crooked Cards, Sam's, and Dancer Roll, if you can believe that. The Geo entrusts uh, Regen and does Indie Wilt and Geo Frailty. And you just uh, start off with a Red Mage doing, a, a slash Scholar doing Manifestation AoE uh, Breaka, and mm-hmm. then throwing on Distract and everything else like that, and debuffing as you go. You fight the White Mage. You beat that. If you're fast or lucky enough, you get one sudden lunge off, which has trouble landing in general. You might need a, a better blue mage. And I don't know if it's just maybe one or they're just very resistant to stun, which is possibly both cases. But, uh, well, it wouldn't be anymore because they removed the, the accumulated mm-hmm. resistance. So you should be able to continually stun them, just like we can continually break them when we couldn't before. Which was, you know, the change has been great this month. It hasn't changed fighting yeah. it at all, but it's made it very friendly to, you know, strong players having good strategies instead of getting fucked on stuff. But then you yeah. fight the the white mage, you absolute terror the manta, you you beat that down real quick. This is all without silence because you got your skill chaining uh chango upheavals to savage blade from the core and the blue mage. And you just just keep doing that and beat it. You take out the two monks or whatever because that's just what we did. And then for that, it's at that point where we want to silence the the songstress in the middle, so it should have a few debuffs on it, and you want to silence it at that point because Maiden's Verily kind of sucks. And if everything goes well at that point, because sometimes we have Verily kind of sneak out there, which is unfortunate. Yeah, you got charmed and I got charmed a couple times. Yep, that's at that point where you want to, if you can, all weapon skill at the same time, because every time you do a weapon skill, it's going to level up, and after a few of those, because anything over 22k damage makes it level up. So if people go weapon skill, weapon skill, weapon skill, you're going to get three level ups really quickly and distracts on and everything. But if there are several level ups, you just cannot hit it still. So yeah. it is it is pretty tough at that point. So if you do that, you can brute force it and, and beat it down. And this will all happen fast enough that you can go beat the songstress in the middle. So it's like a four minute fight if that works. Otherwise, what can happen and you should still win is that the mobs will start respawning and you just have to beat the mobs at that point because it'll be like two kills away from from just dying from the mobs being defeated. Because every time you defeat a mob, the songstress loses HP anyway. You just can't attack until yeah. all the mobs are done. Yeah, so you want to fight the um, the monks first out of the DD one. So yeah, you have the order, right? The white mage and the manta. And then you want to fight the monks first because the, the warriors will have... It's guaranteed that they'll have Warcry available. And uh, with retaliation, they'll absolutely smoke those. So retaliation is huge against monks. Can uh, Verily, warriors usually get really exciting. Can Verily be stopped with shadows? Uh, no, it actually clears shadows. That's one of the uses for it. Okay. Uh, as a bard. Because you can't resist it. A little known bard fact. It's the only, um, if you, if Verily didn't exist, you'd be the easiest ambuscade, but Verily is the, the monkey wrench there. 
because the regen. Oh, you mean this Verily? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen anyone resist the Verily. Yeah, yet. no, but I was wondering if I could just use Occultation and, and hopefully dodge it. Because I'm going sub rune to get hate on stuff with sword play and valiance and whatever. But I would worry about that more for like the Manta or the um, the Flow Spears. But on the on the monks, you should just let the warriors have that that hate. They'll die so much faster. Blue works out really well here too because I'm able to throw in a white wind if I have to between mobs because the bio is powerful even with that and we're also getting hit. So mm. I usually don't yeah. have to because you're on top of it as a geo, but definitely uh, when you have the power, you can do VD efficiently kind of month. And if you don't, don't even. I mean, it's yeah, going to take you a month, while. This month really tests your geo, but not because it's difficult, but it kind of like stress tests your, your ability to handle the situation, I guess. So, like, healing the fight isn't that bad. The bubbles are very simple. You know, you don't have to recast any of them, actually. Like, the, the AoE isn't even terrible. Um, but one of the big things is that you do have to make sure that immediately you dispel everything into the ground because you've got the, the boss is a bard. It's, like, buffing them constantly. Um, dispel guy takes a lot of MP, and usually you have to cast it, like, four or five times. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite the investment. Um, on top of that, You'll generally use Kiraga 2, but occasionally you need Kiraga 3 and Kira 4. Um, one thing of note, though, is that out of all the mobs, the White Mage, which is killed first, is the only Aspiromal mob. And since you're sub-White Mage, um, you really have to make sure that your, your MP management is on point. So one of the, the tricks for the end of the fight that Geo should really look out for is when those Flow Spears uh, bring out that Wyvern, Asper it immediately before people kill it. Um, because you need that MP for me. <laughs> and something, you should have a good Asper Something I think would help us, actually, Fox. So I need to use Mighty Guard when we do this, but I also need to get Unbridled Learning. Hi, Blackie. Oh, sorry, cats. There you go. Lifting them over so I walk all over this. I have to use Unbridled Learning, so I need a random deal off the bat, and I get back uh, my Unbridled Learning for it. I don't use Diffusion, mm -hmm. so I don't run the risk of not getting it. So I'll do that, so then I can get random dealed. So... The Geo could do an entrust on someone for, like, the Red Mage for Indie Refresh. Regen? Well, because you're doing Indie Regen and Trust anyway, so you could do an Indie uh, Refresh and Trust, and then when you do have Random Deal go off, you'll get that entrust back, and you can do your entrust Regen to one of the DDs or something. Because we're, oh. we're burning Random Deal every time before we start. Yep. So you could also, the Corsair could also get a second Crooked Cards off, maybe, depending on timers. It might not, because of the writing on roll timers, and they might hit something else, but... That would probably yeah. solve a lot of the problem if that that transition occurs at the start. Yeah, I tried to do that, but you usually ask for the random deal right away before I was ready. And then oh, sorry, just say something. Went off. There was no reason to because I had to fight. It was no big deal. Okay. It would remove I, a lot of stress, uh, though. I don't... It, it doesn't matter to me, and, like, I'd rather not confuse people when there's a problem. So, like, I, if I can still deal with it, it just doesn't matter if I just do if I just deal with it, you know? Eh, so. Okay. I mean... Even then, we could still have another Entrust of Fury or something, if that was the case. Sure. <laughs> I um, honestly don't think you really need it. I mean, frankly, it could just be an uh, Entrust of uh, Precision, because at the end there, we've had it where there's 8% of the mob left, and it's leveled up too many times, and the next weapon skill misses, and it does not regen just, you know. Yeah, I, I think... I think a lot of that fight is not silencing it until you absolutely have to. So it's kind of like playing chicken with it. Yes. It's like, well, how far can I go without silencing this? Because if you don't silence it, you can weapon skill it with a Rex Bandit. It doesn't care. So. Usually um, our rule has been if there's two left, you could have three left. And before when Verilai is going off, it just, you know, it depends how efficiently you're zerging. It seems to be. If, if you can on be the one who gets charmed, it's usually fine. If I get charmed, we're fucked. If I get charmed, it's pretty bad because the DPS uh, will go somewhere. Yeah. 
Or it does, it people. does. But I mean, you don't lose the bubbles though. And like, if the mob's almost dead, I, th- I think they can probably get it, get it taken care of. But I mean, yeah, ideally, you're right. You should just time it. But that kind of timing is kind of hard to to pull off, yes. specifically if you have like pugs at all. Even if you have like one DD there who's a pug, they can still ruin the day. So like, you have to be on point with the group if you're if you're going to try to coordinate that. Otherwise, it's really just about playing chicken as efficiently as possible. A couple so. couple days ago, we had no problem with our group just running through and doing it. And then yesterday, someone was Hundi's power went out. So not someone Hundi's power went yeah. out a couple times. So we had to find someone because we're like, well, we're here. You know, he's DCing his power is out. Like, let's just find a warrior and let's go. Yeah, we get we get the ML fifty warrior who parse below the core. <sighs> yeah. Parse below the warrior skill chain damage or the other high abs. Yeah, the, the the other warrior skill chain damage. So I'm yelling. I need a Chango warrior. warrior. So that's already eliminating all of the nagling only warriors everywhere. And we get an ML, was, I think it was 47, 47 warrior True. with R0 Sakpata and an R15 Shango. I'm like, well, he's got the master level, so he's got the stuff. He should be able just to hopefully do fine. And no, he he was not not fine. No. <laughs> the next one we got was a, <laughs> was a warrior that had R1 Shango. <laughs> R1. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I he's got more one more rank in it than my Chongo has. Yeah, well, I made a comment about <laughs> you know because the guy cared about warrior. I'm like, well, maybe next year you could work on your Chongo. And he's like, nah, it's not worth anything to me. I'm warrior. And I'm like, come on, guys, it's it's a good weapon. Why would you? Essentially, the guy was insinuating I only care about nakling on warrior. That's why my Chongos are one. Which is just if you care about warrior because he had R25, R30, whatever Sakpata. So he cares about his warrior. He, he after all, wanted to come on it, and he's got high master level on it and he's he's got other stuff geared out but nope Jongo he just says nope not worth my time and I just I'm confused because in this instance it directly is easily worth your time and we almost we had 8% that wonder mob if his Jongo is R15 I bet you that mob would have been dead because the accuracy on that damage counts 8% that's all it's one skill chain or a little more of a closer because Jongo's a little you know, upheaval yeah, can be consistent be real, man. I'm, I'm really tired of of, of even caring about this particular topic because like these people are going to do it anyway like you could put out all the psas in the world and like they'll still they'll still argue with you about it and be subpar and watch themselves be subpar and then be confused at the end of the day so i mean you you can't you, you can't teach stupid <laughs> that's true it's just kind of so. sad that as time has gone on the game the average person yeah. has backslided into generally worse when i invite anyone they're just worse yeah, I mean, I, I honestly like I'm I'm exhausted like complaining about it, and I I would rather just like try to do something myself to deal with it instead. Yeah, uh, and it sucks that you know the burden usually because the burden usually will fall anyway to the the people who are actually doing their job properly, and yet you see it happen all the time. Uh, the larger the group gets, the more of these people are there, and it it's just shit that happens. I guess it's just part of the game, like, and it's it's an, it's an unfortunate thing to like settle into and just accept. But that's the way it is. Learning about it doesn't change anything. You know, educating people don't change. It doesn't change anything. Well, you and would hope that always just like they, they always just end up you know with with a soundboard of all the other idiots around them telling them to do the same thing because it's the path of least resistance. So yeah, that's let them do it. <laughs> you can let only... them do it. Replace them and blacklist them. Eventually, you'll you'll only have the people on the server who aren't ass. You can. The only thing I can go. You can lead a horse to water. You can shove a head into the water. The bubbles can stop, and the horse's tongue could be hanging out, but it still will not drink. True. <laughs> just, I actually used uh, I, I used that a reference like that earlier. Is the whole you can lead a horse to water, but you can't beat death with it. So you can't beat it to death with the water. Horse aside. 
<laughs> Carrot's concerned about the horse safety over there. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah, that water. You, I mean, if they, you they can see that it's there, they they can know what good is, and then they'll just be like, "Nah, but that's too, that's just too much. It's not what I want to focus on." Nay, say I nay. Yeah. So whatever, just let them do it. I'll be I'll be gearing up my melee summoner in the meantime. It's a melee summoner. It's just uh, disappointing because when you want to do something like this, and people have the capability because they have the gear, they have the they're geared on where to do this. They just oh, I don't have a chongo, or oh, I didn't put anything into it. So sorry. It's like eh. Chongo is one of those weapons where I think it, it benefits more so from being R15 than a lot of them do. Yeah, and that's... yeah, because upheaval is such an ass weapon skill that adding as much as you can to it is 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 where it needs to be. So that way the skill chain damage can shine like it's supposed to. And we're in a situation where that extra accuracy becomes very relevant as it levels up at the end there. You just need these sure. things. So Sure. But yeah, that was that's the ambuscade. I think finally we've covered it now in this successful <laughs> successful third time because we first talked about it coming, then we talked about uh so I lost a seal on the first attempt. <laughs> first runs. <laughs> I popped it in solidarity and that was a mistake. Oh no. <laughs> Solidarity. We, we stopped and it was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not getting the seal. Oh, no. It doesn't matter. It's an ambuscade seal, man. I'll just do an extra ambuscade. <laughs> but I guess, Fox, that means I will not read this uh, since you're so tired of the, <laughs> the of the people being bad. I will not read this this question we weren't asked we're gonna answer anyway what are you talking about this is the only reason people listen to us is to listen to me cringe like they're uh, not here for advice or what to do they just they just want to listen to the cornerstone of the podcast which is me come me having an aneurysm over people being bad so so fox do not do not answer this one here don't don't make any comments to this next one i will i will solo this here if you will so X clip with with a K not a C on R slash FFXI posted what multi step skill chain is my best option if I'm using a Nagling slash K club build this is for Dragoon by the way I use it for Savage Blade spam I primarily went with Dragoon for the ack bonus to actually hit with the things <sighs> let's just let that let that sink in what multi step skill chain should I use on my Dragoon Nagling slash K club build that I chose for the accuracy trait. I'm going to go make some pasta. <laughs> some pasta. <laughs> what are you doing, the Bucatini Fox? No, all, all I have is is, uh, is udon and, and spaghetti, honestly. I mean, Bucatini is right between the two, so. <laughs> there you go. I'll just have to get all the gauges of noodles. I, <laughs> there's, you know, you wouldn't think it. There's spaghetti and then there's there's udon, but you got the you got the uh, the angel hair, you got the spaghetti, you got the the thicker thin, depending on whatever size it is. You got the linguine, the fettuccine, the the bucatini. You got all these delicious. Um, Carrot and I are a fan of bucatini. Oh, the, you mean the, the flat and twisty noodles? Yeah, flat and twisty. Uh, Respectively, of course. Yeah, that's that's the answer is you don't have a multi-step skill chain to use. And it was the the other posts from that person were basically like, Oh, I was just asking, so I know what gear to go after. So they have a naked Nagling slash K Club Dragoon that they've chosen for the ack bonus on. <laughs> no other reason, just just ack bonus, man. That's another another failure walking. That's unfortunate. Glad I let you solo that one. Yep. So <laughs> Fox, I think the pasta comment. Mwah. That was <laughs> it was essentially do you smell something burning? Yeah, I will. <laughs> and that transitions to the question also that we were not asked, but we're gonna answer anyway. That will transition into this whole episode here. When fi- this is from the same bad subreddit. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, when fine-tuning gear sets, how deep do most people go? I see a lot of guides which have full stacks of niche pieces just because they have like two more decks than the TP set counterpart. I totally get swapping key accessories and using pieces with weapon skill percentage on them, and stuff or having plush drain slash dark magic skill for spells, but optimizing that little last bit of decks or something makes me feel like I need $2 a month for a wardrobe. I am uncompetitive. Am I uncompetitive without full sets of gear? Or is it perfectly acceptable to have solid core pieces that can just work for multiple sets? That's so I wonder if these people write these things and they read it aloud to themselves afterwards. <laughs> Two dollars a month, Fox, you could read too. I mean, just reading the statement aloud back to yourself, do I need full sets of gear? How deep do most people go, Fox? Is there a certain, uh, how many inches, how many miles? I mean, what's... So... At a baseline, I try to make sure I equip as many of those 16 boxes as possible. I want to make sure there's gear in as many of those 16 boxes of your equip set as possible. <laughs> Fill boxes. Then, check boxes. Yeah, just, just kind of work on it from there, I guess. Like, I, I like, how is this a question? It's just, so... Sometimes I think they're just trolling, I guess. No, no, this is a serious person who's just like confused me. about how hard do I have to try. And while I will admit there are corners I cut... I think we're going to have to go into the meat of the episode here of what we will dub the Fox Method of Gearing. It is a five-step method that you too can do if you want to succeed in Final Fantasy XI. Fox- well, the fifth step is kind of cheating, but yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, so it is five steps. Um, the first step, you have, and these are all like... These are basically... They're not necessarily questions, but they kind of summarize the process itself. So the first step is just figure out what you need to accomplish. It has nothing to do with your gear set at all, uh, but and there's going to be like subsections of this that we'll cover, but just going to give you the overview. So step one, you need to consider what you need to accomplish. Uh, step two, you want to evaluate those niche pieces that that guy is trying to sidestep. <laughs> only if they might contribute to your plan. So um, you need to consider the pieces of gear that have caught your eye that give you that at least give you the idea of how to build this set. And you know you have them sitting around, or at least you've heard about them, and you don't have to actually have to actually own the gear to brew around it. And you also don't actually have to own the set to brew the set, but you can brew the set to figure out if you actually want to go after that gear, if it actually becomes viable by the end of the process, which we'll get to. Um, the third step is error correction. So just because you've brewed something and just because you've run it through a spreadsheet or just because, you know, someone else has told you that it works does not mean that it works for you or that you've done it correctly. The simulator Yeah. So you want to uh, you want to you want to error correct anything that you may have overlooked. So in this situation here, um, it's not about like making sure your set does what it's what it's supposed to do, according to theory. It's about making sure that it's mechanically correct. So this is like the 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 superficial stuff. Like make sure that if it's a TP set, you're at uh, gear gear cap hate or um, gear haste cap. Um, you want to make sure you're meeting the act requirements. You know, it just. The, the obvious things that you should be hitting first before trying to do anything else if you want to be an effective member of whatever content you're approaching. Um, step four is the field testing, and that's where you actually go out and use it. You don't have to actually use it on the content per se that you plan on using it on, but you do want to make sure that it at least works in some regard, and you want to get close to the level range for the enemies you want to test it on. Fortunately, there's apex mob level ranges of almost all the ranges of mobs you'll run into in the game. On the really, really high-end stuff, like the level 150 stuff, you're really only going to get to test that in Dynamis anyway, and because those mobs aren't usually just running around the field. 
It's like one forty seven is the highest for gears or something. Or yeah, yeah, and you can go test on gears. That's 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 excellent. I did it on I did it with Shield the other day. And I'm just collecting more data as I get as I gain master levels. Um, I just I just do it. I'm glad that you're doing and that, Fox. That's do that's very useful, important information that's not coming from anywhere else. That will determine one if you can determine the Shield uh, formula more accurately. Since you said that you're kind of, it's not. Yeah, it's just an example, but yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I hope so someday. Um, it's more so about just the mob combat skill ratings, but um, the more data I have, the better I can work with it. So that's kind of aside for that. And then step five is kind of cheating, um, and that's where you just revise. So you repeat steps one through four using the information you've learned. So it's a five-step process. Um, I guess we can start with step one because that makes the most sense. And it's kind of broken down into three sections. So again, if it sounds like it's a well, lot, feel free to pause us and write it down uh, <laughs> because it's really not. <laughs> I will put the steps in the description of the, the show here. So sure. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to say earlier, I, our Mbos is up too. I uploaded that last night and put it up today. Yeah. So that's yeah. So if you want, if you want to feel good about your chances of winning Mbos, go ahead and oh, watch dude, that. Dude, the, we could have improved that Mbos so dramatically from what we were doing. We didn't even have defense down on that. Whatever, we could have done that. We could have gone <laughs> sixty-five or sixty-nine percent of that instead of just seventy-five. We could have done a lot of different things, and we still, we still have. It feels good that it was so bad. Yeah. Anyway, so this idea came to my mind, like, we talk about sets all the time, and mm -hmm. regularly in episodes, and building, and what we want to accomplish and stuff, but since I've been working on Dancer, and doing all sorts of different things with it, it has all these different sets for waltzing, and different weapon skills, and different TP, DT, all these things, because you can care about evasion on the job, you can care about counter builds, parrying, because mm -hmm. you get terms and other stuff you can work with for parry sure. plus, I mean, enmity plus, because you could work with uh, hate, fan dance, type of abilities that turn on, change your sets, because you're changing pieces of gear during certain things being active. It's had me all over the map of creating sets. And I was been posting some in the theory crafting channel of our of our uh, Discord here because we have our body coming up. I'm going to be functioning as a subtle blow dancer doing damage and support, you know, haste samba steps, maybe curing and, and holding the, the mob that pops at 75 if we get that far. So I start off by identifying what do I want to do with this set, as Fox said. I'll, I'll help you revise yeah. that strategy because I know how it's done now. <laughs> that's not that's not how it will work, but okay, good. It's, it's precious though. <laughs> so I started off with okay, I need fifty subtle blow, and I started off just making a set of you know, what's going to be good damage in my subtle blow yeah. set, and I came up here and put fifty plus subtle blow on my dancer, and I got the the Imperium body on. I have the both Chirich rings on. And, uh, you know, I have a Dignitary's earring on, all these things, the Gladys trousers, 15 subtle blow, all this. And then mm -hmm. Fox, I, I post that set and I go, so I'm working on this. I just throw something together really quick, just in my mock house one night. And then Fox, thankfully, reminds me, you get 32 subtle blow natively, so take all that gear <laughs> off because you do not need that subtle blow. Most people don't realize that Dancer has the second highest native subtle blow in the game. It's three behind Monk. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's very high. It's 32 natively. So I I thrown that whole set together only to just completely scrap every bit of that set. Yeah, uh, fortunately though, because I, because you have so much native subtle blow, like you can really do a lot of things with that set. So, and which I which I also demonstrated in the same thread. But. So now that I don't need to use the dancer body for it's a little extra dual wheel, but it's not detrimental because I get tons of DT and subtle blow on it. Now that I don't need all that subtle blow, I mm -hmm. can possibly not use that body, or maybe still use it. It depends. So I started working mm -hmm. the set around just a general. If I was fighting with subtle blow, but also wanted DPS, so I have multi attack and Gladys pants and stuff still in there. And I've now made a set of you know wind buffet belt, 
addition earring and stuff like that with the body still on it because it's a solid chunk of DT. I can put more DPS in there. And people, we've talked about mm-hmm. the dancer body before. Everyone's down on it having too much uh, dual wield if you're cap taste. But I'm in a situation now where I can start using niche pieces, as that person was asking, because I'm not getting anything more than haste two and haste samba in this case. I'm not capping haste like people say you do at all times. So now this body works in a zone where I can get tons of subtle blow DT and not overshoot dual wield tons and base my set around this piece. So I don't know if you do this, Fox, but there'll be certain pieces I feel I need to do when I'll start anchoring a set around those few mm-hmm. pieces if I'm building a build out and build out from a few slots and try to make the rest work with those few slots. That's actually in step two. That's how there you go, step two. It's the first point of step two. Well, yeah, I guess we'll reiterate step two then. <laughs> uh, so what, that section of step two? So step two is evaluating the niche pieces that might contribute to your plan. And then the very first thing you look at there is take inventory of the gear you have, which may accomplish this. Uh, and that's to form a gear skeleton yeah. is what I call it. Yeah. There's a gear skeleton for every set. And you have it, it basically, if you've ever heard me talk about flex pieces before, all of flex pieces is the complement to the gear skeleton. And to put that in less mathy terms, all it means is you have a gear skeleton that's accomplishing your main goal, and the flex slots are every piece that you can switch into other things you might need. So, like, they're like your opponent's ring, right? Like, if you feel like using, like, double, triple attack, um, that can always be something else. If you need it to be something else, if you need it to be accuracy, it can be, like, in a accuracy ring. Um, if you need it to be DT, if you need it to be a shadow ring, it can switch to that. Um, but that depends on on your set as a whole, though. So oftentimes that ring is a flex ring, but it doesn't mean that it always is. Like sometimes you just want to hit like certain metrics because you feel you're that that's what you need for your DPS. So I don't want to convolute the idea too much, but just remember what what slots are your skeleton, and remember what slots you can flex afterwards. And that circles back to why I make such a big deal about the big pieces of gear, like the, the pieces that have large amounts of like multiple kinds of, of, of stats on it. Like, like the dancer body, for example, with like the huge amount of dual wield, the huge amount of evasion, the huge amount of, uh, of accuracy, the huge, the huge amount of, uh, yeah, it, it has, it has an enormous amount of everything, right? So you can put it in that one slot and it makes all of your other slots more prone by the end of the, by the end of you building your skeleton to being flex slots. Because if you crammed enough of things into between like one and four slots to accomplish your goal, that means you still have like 11 to 12 other slots, depending on your job, to put whatever the fuck you want in there to, to round it out and make the set perfect. You generally so want to look root of that. You generally want to look for the largest pieces to make the skeleton. So if you're doing DT, what are your biggest DT pieces and start there mm-hmm. and then build that out from that? If you're doing subtle blow, what are your biggest subtle blow pieces like cherish rings? Two of those is 20 subtle blow or Gluddy's Pants, 15 subtle blow, things like that. And then you, you build out from those items. And then at the end, you know, you go back between step two and three, I think, a lot. So it's almost like the scientific method. Instead of seven steps, you have, you know, four or five. Yeah. Uh, and you just basically, basically form your hypothesis here of step one, what do you want to accomplish? And then step two to three is when you start testing and then re-going back and changing your, your hypothesis and retesting and changing. But... So, so I, I, I it, there's, there's important points in what I want to accomplish. Like, I don't want to like funk works this outline, but like the, it is kind of important that it is hit in order for this particular okay. one yeah. because it, it makes the rest of the stuff make sense afterwards. So like when, when you're, when you're looking at step one, you, you, in general, you want to figure out what you want to accomplish. And the very first thing you should ask yourself is what does this set do? Which sounds really simple, right? You know, we just got done describing sets. 
Um, if you have it on like text speech, you'll see that it's probably like at least 175 words each. And that's incorrect. That is not the way that you should look at that. If you ask yourself, what does this set do? And you were to write down the answer on a piece of paper. And if it's a paragraph or a sentence that even has punctuation, that isn't just a period, you're doing it. You want to simplify the idea. So that way you can take the most concise idea and start there when you start to form your skeleton for step two. So it's very, very important that you do that. When you go to that address, the other point, like what do you want it to do? That's when you can get more general and start throwing out other ideas of other things that you want to maximize in it. That's where you start deciding, hey, this is where I want to plug my flex slots in and this is what I want my flex slots to do. So you start getting the idea of, of how you want to do that. When, when you start to brew, you don't even start with gear. You just start with ideas and then you move to gear afterwards. And then three is an actual extension of one and two. Is there anything that stops you from making it? Because you have to address that first before you even before you even start throwing this set together. Like you have to be able to go get the piece that you need or it's all just theory. What I like to do, I know that the set making ability on auctions is better for just, it's easier to find pieces on the type in the exact name. It'll come up, you can select it. But the problem is that's just all on one page. I like to go on my user page on BG. I have various user pages. You can just name one and create it, you know, but your user or whatever. If, if you have an actual question, you could just see how mine's done. Just type Spicy Ryan and you see how I do it. You just name the page that, click it, make it. But I like to put multiple sets next to each other. And just, I start with one set, like with the Rune Fencer. When we were doing that, uh, you know, a couple months ago, when we talked about changing stuff. I start with one set. I completely make it. And then I look at it and I start changing pieces around and go, what if I change these uh, skeleton pieces? And I start making sets next to them. And that just starts subtly changing. And then I have, I'm directly looking at my previous set, my new evolved idea, and I'm start comparing sets like with the uh, waltzes too. I started off with one basic set and now I'm like, I really change these pieces. These are a little better. And I start changing and I keep these sets next to each other so I can see them as I'm doing it. Cause I just kind of, I'm sure you have a visualization really helps. Yeah. yeah. Visualization is important and huge. Like you don't have to write down all the stuff. You just have to sit there basically for making a DT set, get a little calculator out and make sure you hit the, the right things. If you, mm -hmm want full DT without yeah, shell. And then you just work on that anchor set that you've done and then start seeing if you change this around. Because if you do it in game and just start changing pieces, it's, you can't visualize what you've changed next to the set you've already made. But if you do it on BG with the uh, a template equipment set, just go to my page on my uh, user page four or whatever is where I've had a bunch of sets for various things. And you can just click edit and see what I've done there, copy, paste, and change. And there you go. You're off to the races. But just having those things next to each other, I can just mess around and look at what I'm doing and it helps me actually really develop sets over time. When I do the guides, it's mostly because I'm making sets for myself anyway and I want to, I end up changing what I've done by the time I've put the guide from where it started to, you know, clicking save, I've ended up changing sets over time versus even what I've been using now and I end up changing my stuff. Like It's kind of like a cycle of going back and forth, but I don't know, that's, that's about just having something to compare it to helps. Yeah, because uh, you, you don't get the side-by-side the -side in games. So anywhere where you can actually do that is great. Um, I've known people who do it in Lua's. Um, I, I personally keep track of it in my head, but um, the, uh, it is hard. And I don't expect that on anyone. Like, if writing is your thing, then write down the stuff. Um, if pictures are your thing, that's not meant to be condescending. The pictures are a lot of people's thing. I, I used to teach for a long time. Um, that's why I like BG because I can hover that. over the yeah. thing and it pops up the stats when yeah, I hover absolutely. over having to go different pages. Yeah, go do it. Um, take screenshots of your gear sets if you really have to. You know, control print screen. There you go. 
There is the snippet tool based in everyone's windows because everyone knows to not use a phone to take a fucking screenshot. Sorry, I'm a million years old. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just use a, I use the light shot app. You just type light shot in. There's a, there's a bunch of different apps that do it. Um, you know, take pictures of it with your phone. Just don't share it with people because you look like an idiot. You know, (laughs) it's very slow and cumbersome to move phone pictures of low quality around. And then you can take Final Fantasy to work work with you. Oh man, but yeah, to find find some way that you can that you can actually like inventory these things, and that's actually the, the first part of step two that I talked about before. Where you where you where you're forming the gear skeleton, you need to take inventory of the gear that you have that can accomplish this. And it doesn't mean write down every piece of gear that you own. It just means write down the stuff that you have that contributes to the goal, and then that way you can see if there's something else that maybe you need to look for later. Do you use the advanced power search or just power search no. on auction house? I do oftentimes. If you go to auction house under item search, there's the power search link beneath it. I will oh, yeah? I will use that and I can it doesn't have augments on it. That's the one thing. And it doesn't some pet things it doesn't have. If it's not the first uh, thing, it just doesn't have it. So outside of those two things, if I'm looking for something that does a certain amount of, of anything, so I can I just click power search, I have a thing that says item description, uh level, whatever. Uh, one nineteen. A lot of people swear by it. Yeah, I use it just to identify certain things. So if I'm looking for cure potency, as long as I type the cure potency right, that's I have like the quotations or whatever. So just copy paste from one a different page of gear that has the exact wording there, and I can search for a job that has this cure potency or whatever. I can identify at a level range all the things of cure potency, or I can search a specific value. When I'm doing like Merker sets or something, I've typed in HP plus uh, five, six, seven. It'll start me all the things to do with HP uh, or MP plus um, 60, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, if I take plus 6, and I keep going until it stops giving results, and I go, okay, this is the highest per slot I can find, and I start moving, because you don't think about certain things. Uh, you might just try to use Amoric gear for Merker, but you can also use the Spaconis hands or whatever, because they mm-hmm. have the AF hands, because they have a lot of MP on them, instead of having Rosa to carry Jasper on is another piece that has like a large amount of MP for body. Yeah. And that and comes there's a lot too. of pieces that are, that are somewhat comparable too. Like, obviously, the Jostron has less MP than the MR body. I think by like twenty or so. But it's like, close enough that you don't you don't notice it really. Yeah, and like in some situations, you may want the Jostron at R15 because it has five D generic DT on it, whereas a Malric body does not. And you never know when you're going to get blasted while you're trying to murder. So, for like, the, there, there are reasons these things come up, and that's part of the process. So, for that guy is to just identify when you can use a niche piece of gear, because I'd, I've said many, many times in this podcast about I don't carry this because I'm trying to save him into yeah. my wardrobe. So, his he's question, <laughs> his question of what you can avoid pertains directly to how I do this. So, when yeah. it comes to Amalric Body has more MP than the Jocelyn, but the Jocelyn I'm using for my death fast cast set because I need to keep MP up during it, and that's the only piece of fast cast and MP like that. So I'm it's a good example it. of a big piece. It is. Like, it's a, like we were it's about. a big piece, and I don't compromise really much, if not uh, arguably anything, by yeah. not using the Almark body. So I will save that inventory slot and just use the Jocelyn for Merker and for the fast cast death set. And that's that's an example of how you save the two dexterity, as the person said. That does a good example of how you do that there. And that's not really compromising much, but saves inventory various and, slots over time. And you'll find different ways to weigh all these big pieces. And again, the, the definition we're using of a big piece is a piece that accomplishes multiple things in one slot. So that's that's what we're applying to the Jostron in this situation, right? But you're going to assign weights to these pieces depending on how you how you feel about it, honestly. Like, the scale is arbitrary. And it's going to be from brewer to brewer whether or not their idea is going to hold up. But 
what I recommend is that you you take these big pieces and you identify them and you you apply the appropriate amount of weight as to whether or not you want to use them in that set because they're going to be your your cornerstones or your skeleton. So it's the idea anyway. Um, the second part uh, to this is you need to actually research the mechanic you're building around. And this actually goes back to, to what you were saying. So subtle I see blow, about yep. Yep. subtle blow. Like if you if you look it up, you know exactly how much subtle blow you need, which means you know what pieces get you there in the in the least amount of time, which is kind of like a it's a differential basically, um, or it's an optimization. And once you get the least amount of pieces that get you there, you then can determine your flex slots and again brew from there. And the reason I'm being so redundant about the explanation is that if you if you see the process built over and over and over again, it can help you learn how the process actually works and why you should care about it. It was an amateur so, mistake on my part. Lots of people make it. I, I make it too. It's fine. Like I, 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 I always look stuff up. In fact, when I research the, the, the mechanics of things, like I'll just type the, the trade in because it's usually a trait that you're building around. And I'll type the trade in and look the trade up on BG. And the cool thing about that is it'll give you a breakdown of like what jobs get how much of the trait. And then sometimes there will even be like a grid at the bottom. Like you were saying power search, you can get a grid at the bottom of uh, of BG on a lot of these traits and it'll give you a, like a pretty wheel. sizable amount of gear. Yeah. That you can wear or, or the actual dual wheel chart itself. But like, if you look at subtle blow, you can see subtle blow gear. Um, you can see, uh, Basically, it, it'll give you links a lot of the time. Not that, all the time. But that the time. section of the wiki is something I need to make a newer template for that that will have sure. uh, icons and pop-ups of like uh, when you hover over and stuff. But I need to – that's a, that's an old template that's just kind of there. It has the piece and it doesn't have much else. That's something that mm -hmm. we've been talking about improving. So over time, past Please this episode, it'll be better – for a job ability or something – it activates for like a relic augments, all those different types of abilities. Those are always on the wiki because they're so cornerstone. So for like random deal, mm -hmm. it's the Corsair uh, relic body enhances random deal. And it'll, it'll, it'll have stuff like that. But uh, those are always there. But generally for stuff like uh, the Magic Burst page is very good, actually. It has uh, all the pieces of Magic Burst that are relevant, uh, stuff like that. But there's sometimes their things are just missing because they're just either niche or they just have never were added or stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, well, nothing's foolproof. Like you can try to search things and it won't be foolproof sometimes. Yeah, um, it's only as good as the updating. It just, yeah, it is only as good as the updating. But at least there are places where you can start. And that's that's what's important. Like most of what we've talked about so far is just figuring shit out. It's not actually about you know equipping the gear and going nuts with your toothpick, you know, and just just figure it out first. And once you figure it out, you go and pick up what you need. Like acquiring what you need is the third part of step two. And uh, when you can't get a piece, and this is what really helps, especially if you can power search it, like, like Spicy was saying before, um, or if you just know what the gear is or, or whatever your method is. Um, when you go to acquire what you need, you can actually improvise and you can use like the next best piece in that slot. But this is where a lot of people start getting confused when too many of these pieces move around because you need to keep track of like, if X piece gives DT and you can't use it, but let's say another piece can give you the dual wield you need, you now need to use one of those flex slots. And this is a strategy you can use. You can use one of those flex slots to pick up the slack on that DT until you get that piece. And that's how you improvise. It's how you use the next best piece. Um, and that's the importance of having an abundance of, of flex slots in multiple areas of, on your gear grid. So, and then you just go and do it you be sometimes you even need to use the the improvisation to get the pieces like i wouldn't be caught dead going out without uh tiered dual wield sets on any dual wield job that feels fucking awful that is a huge um, area to work on yeah 
Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a lot of work to do, but once it's done, it's done. And um, you can actually use that to have a decent performance while you go out and get other gear. So, you know, just, just try to make what you can and keep an idea of what the end goal is. I think and, even uh, if you had tiered dual wield sets, that's nice. But as long as you have a dual wield set that's that's ready to go for a general situation uh, that you would run into, like only haste two, or the big one I think is weakened. A weakened, if you're a dual wield job, a weakened DT dual wield set makes a big difference in being able to either get back in the fight and be able to do things meaningfully versus just kind of being weakened and if i were to do it at a bare minimum i would do uh weakened no haste 15 haste 30 haste and haste cap like some of the old lua's do um you can mirror that with gear sets too equip sets it's not uniquely lua um as a dancer you also need um haste 40 and you need uh haste 25 and you need haste 10 because of uh haste samba but I would do at least those. You don't need to get as granular as I do, where I have like every situation of haste that could exist. Um, that's not actually necessary. Please don't do that. You'll go insane. As an insane person, one insane person to another, like don't do that. Um, <laughs> I think, but uh, uh, you, for, you for, do want for tiers. dual wield specifically uh, when you're making a tiered set. It's important to know exactly how much you want. If you have one yeah. below or two above it, uh, that's fine. So as long as you're yeah. at that range, oh, but, that. but but if you want uh, FFXI calc, if you just type FFXI calc in the Google, will be your best way. If you go to the little delay tab in there and put your weapons in your job, if you it's important that you look at the actual change in the delay itself. Like it, it'll tell you in seconds how your delay changes, and usually it's a matter of a tenth of a second um, between these points. So know what you're cha- know what's changing when you do this. Because you don't yeah. want to have too much dual because it lowers your TP gain, da da da. But yeah. you need to use a tool like that to figure out exactly what you're aiming for. So on Dancer, if I only have Haste 2 and um, Samba up, which you might not have it because you have Fan Dance on the situation, so it also changes there, as you were saying, uh, Fox, with your, your Haste tiers. But uh, yeah. it's pretty much having the Ricky Yotai is right, like it's like one duel away from capping. But in this case, having the two over or whatever from the body. Uh, is fine. It's still at 11 instead. So having two over it is fine for what you're getting in the slot. But uh, just knowing what pieces would fit in that range. So like if you're just using a, a freaking Abani earring, you're, you need more dual than just the Abani earring. But you don't want to use Abani and Supa in this case. So you have to start looking at what pieces you have. Maybe you use an Ambuscade cape. Maybe you do whatever uh, just to work around. Because there's going to be the certain... Ambuscade capes are interesting too because if you're willing to sacrifice inventory slots, you can actually get a lot of dual wheel customization there. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. I think ten is. You can have like a dual wield five. You can have a dual wield seven. You can have a dual wield ten cape. Yeah, ten like, ten's essentially you, kind you, of you can get as weird as you want to get without having to cancel out. Because <laughs> what you're doing is for something like um, tier three, when you have an add on you in this case for my dancer, I keep using it as an anchor point for discussion. The defense you have really matters a lot, and malignance is very paper thin. Yeah. Uh, so Naomi is generally your highest defense option on, on any light armor or mage job, especially. But or Macalele, yeah, yeah, but it's even higher than Macalele. But Macalele is higher than than Malignance by a decent amount. Like the body, I felt if I yeah. at the top of my head, it was like twenty something more defense than just Malignance. Body. is decent too. Yeah, Galetti's would also be if better. If you can, generic, you know. But paying attention to those things and deciding because you're not going to be able to hit everything at once. So you figure out what you want the set to do as we've gone here, and then you know. I'm, I'm, I probably should be following yeah, the points hitting, better. Hitting, but. You're, you're, you're right, though. Hitting everything at once is is the importance of what you're doing in step one. Actually, it's it's reiteration of that. Because like if if you start getting lost in the sauce, like if you if you leave it, at, if you want to do more than the one sentence that you need to do with this set, 
it starts weakening your set. Like you don't want to build a set that's capping dual wield, capping DT, capping counter, capping incartata, capping evasion, all on all on the same set. Like it's 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 too convoluted. You you need to focus more. And yeah, that that's where you get into it's the doing uh, too much. that's where you get into the flex slots not being able to work at a certain point. Because so for mm-hmm. dancer, I can wear terms leggings which have high evasion. So if I'm an evasion set, I can wear those because they are very high evasion and they have a parry on them. But I can't just throw on the counter hands for fan dance because they have very low evasion compared to other pieces, arguably. Yep. So you can't start doing everything at once because in an evasion set, you can't compromise the goal is evasion. You can't you can't give up 30 in a slot or whatever. We need to squeeze out every possible bit by using those hands or whatever. Even though they help fan dance, you just have to forego that kind of piece. It's a different set at that point. When you start going, the anchor piece would start being your, your Horos hands for Dancer because they enhance how much DT fan dance gives you. Well, this is actually where we start looking at error correction, though. It's just a step three. It's a nice segue into that because um, point two in, in step three is you're assessing well, set weaknesses, which is what you're doing right now. And a lot of times you don't have to accommodate that with gear if you go in with a plan for the content that you're fighting, which is why you've done so much research before. And you can actually make up for some of these these shortcomings with like food or buffs, specific buffs. You know, you can plan for it going in to use this set. So a good thing for error correction, I was holding off this so we could follow the points better, is after I'd made that change of, oh, my subtle blow is not right because I'm an idiot who didn't research the ability first on Dancer, <laughs> I made a different set based on, okay, I'm going to do more DPS in my TP phase and overall by having multi-attack and stuff mixed in here. But yeah. error correction starts being, well, I want to limit my TP feed here, even yes. though it's going to lower my DPS because the objective is to not have the mob TP on me. So having a bunch of multi-attack is going to increase the odds of the mob TPing. I need yep. to be able to cap DT, subtle blow, and limit TP feed. It's a subtle blow set. I'm limiting TP feed. So I start now, I had a set that was good. It would be a good subtle blow set in general if I had multiple sources removing TP. I could probably yeah, run with it. it. That's that's good because like there, there's multiple re- ways to use subtle blow too. Like you, you either want to completely limit and reduce and remove uh, TP feed or whatever, or you could just be trying to not have them TP as frequently, but still accept the fact that it's going to happen. And there are, there are two ways to build those sets, which is what you're talking about. So when I went from the, I have too much subtle blow to a general set of, you know, this is going to do more damage and I'm capping subtle blow to now I'm going to the main purpose of the set. The first two sets look kind of close to each other. The third set here that I'm talking about now, the error correction phase looks nothing like my original set at all. Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> so yeah, and that can happen. Yeah. So <laughs> now, sure. now I've gone to, I had wind buff, a belt that's gone. I had the Imperium body that's gone. I had, uh, Koisty Badar, I had other stuff. That's all gone now. It is now four to five malignants, the feet for Dancer, because they're DT10, store TP like 13 or whatever. And my body is now changed to the Reki Yotai because I basically just started removing all multi-attack from this set at all. So the Koisty Badar is now an Argelmir orb. My neck, because I needed the extra DT, also as defense, has changed from a store TP neck to the um, Lorikit Torque because I get DT and a bunch of defense there. And I've now wear two chariot rings to cap my subtle blow completely. And I have subtle blow earring and dagger too. And everything else has changed to just non-multi-attack, uh, capping dual build in the waist now instead of the body, and just everything is store TP while capping subtle blow while my flex slot of a neck has now increased my defense because malignance is low. I'm kind of worried about my defense here, but we'll see how that goes. And now I've accomplished my main goal of subtle blow here, capping it with the pieces, my anchor point, there's these rings now because it caps me. I have to use those other subtle blow two items, just two other items for Dancer. 
Uh, it would be mm -hmm. three if I had the issue four on the auction house. I could get fucking. And sometimes you overcap too, as long as you're still accomplishing the goal, and you yeah. know it makes sense. And now I've limited my TP feed to no multi attack because dancers on the job to get multi attack instead of saber dance. So I will not be multi attacking, and I will mm -hmm. get extra TP. And you already know you're not using saber dance exactly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm not using that. Uh, I will get less DPS obviously, but the goal is to not die by feeding TP and getting raped. So I've accomplished that goal, and I've. My set when I finish looks nothing like my original first sets I was brewing, but I've accomplished one through five here and gone back and gone over and here's, it looks like a pretty good set, honestly, for what I want to do. But it's unique to the situation only. This is not a set I would use for something else like this. I would be able to get away with more DPS in my set, like Gladys Legs or something. Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of emphasizing the value of flex slots too, though, um, is that you can use your flex slots for the niche situations. So like whenever we're going on and on, not about context and situation and all that shit. And it's like, well, how do I fit that into my gear set? Because this shows that I should have my gear looking like this. Well, if you figure out what your flex slots are, you can actually use those for like situations where you may need a warder's charm or you may need, um, uh, I, I don't know, like a shadow ring. And just, just other examples I've used before. It's like, if you need something for a specific fight, use your flex slot for that. That's what I've done for Ngai with Pup is I use the warder's charm and the shadow ring or whatever. I was able to cap DT in other slots and, and keep a mixed set of defense and, and, you know, Empaka body, but Naomi head mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it worked. And there was a big difference between living and dying once I had made those various changes in my set versus my original set for Pup. And you find out what works when you start changing pieces because you feel like you're not getting enough HP or whatever because on Pup you're kind of low in HP and stuff like that. And then towards that that point, once you've made those changes, it's a big difference. And there you'll find the people who win these hardest fights are the ones who uh, you know, lose obviously and go, okay, I'm going to make some changes. And I, that's the thing I enjoy about the V25s with our group is a lot of us either change sets, macro stuff we didn't look at before that we didn't have to, cause we just face roll content and we go back yeah. and we collectively talk about this and, and go through these steps. And, and it's a very fun process to see like multiple people in the static and voice check. And they're going to be like, okay, let's look at your set and start making changes. What are you using? And just, it's actually mm -hmm. a, a fun process. Yeah. It's up to you to figure out if, the set did the thing you wanted it to do. And that's part of the field testing. Like you go in and you fail and it's totally okay to do that. Or you succeed and you get to be the genius for that, you know, 15 minutes. Um, but more often than not, you'll fail and you'll have to refine your set. And that's, that's totally, that's totally fine. Um, if it's a lot of times you can see that the set might do that though. And rather than addressing it in advance, you want to make sure that you're accurately gauging how much of a problem it is that, that you're going to have that problem with your set. So this is where you're addressing like issues when they come up. So like when you when you test out your set and you're addressing the issue uh, and and you find out that what you thought was going to be a problem isn't, then you can just kind of roll with it. It's like okay, well I got a mulligan on that. Um, but sometimes you'll run into an unforeseen issue that maybe you didn't calculate, and that's when you really have to go back through and you have to make sure that you're addressing it and you have to like rebrew things, and that leads into step five from there from four. It's like you've identified the problem. Now you need to figure out if you can fix the problem or if you need to completely rebrew from scratch or if the whole thing is foobar because not all ideas are, are great. <laughs> and <laughs> like honestly, sometimes the idea sounds great, but it's really Honestly, some it's, sets are also made or broken by food, frankly. Yes, a lot of the time. So yeah. subtle blow too. There's there's food options that you can base a set around too. For the subtle Bridge, blow, yeah. you have accuracy, defense, and attack food. The puckatrice egg, the fried papoto, and the and the D, the deep fried shrimp, D dot shrimp. 
Yeah, um, Dancer and Monks specifically are in very good uh, positions to take advantage of a single chariot ring and food if you need your ring slot for a shadow ring, for example. Mm -hmm. And I, in this case, uh, a lot of times I've just been using the Miso Ramen for the HP and defense, and I think that will complement this set a lot better than using a different food. So building and down not using that subtle blue food in this case, I think, is a more ideal and you could do both. It's options. good that you're doing that because you will get hit with TP moves. I yeah. like, like I said, I know how the fight works now, and it'll be fine. But yeah, you do need to be ready to take a hit, but it's a magical hit, not a physical hit. So, and that'll be fine because uh, wearing yeah. malignance is more suited to magic than it's 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 directly. You think for it's sure. great when you look at it, but it is directly weaker defense. It's it's paper defense for compared to other gear, and that matters a lot. It was really game. cool when we first got it, though. Oh yes, when we first got it, it was off the fucking because we didn't have content that like punished us. So yeah. <laughs> that's what's so great about these dancer feet is they're better than malignance in every every conceivable way every every category ridiculous 140 evasion <laughs> i saw that shit and i was like man this is absurd <laughs> even the fucking body man that fuck has more evasion than malignance to bard and more agility bro. there's a reason i nerded out about the body when it came out like it's so good yeah man like anytime you get dt on a piece that's actually reasonable that you can wear in sets that you're not just like putting in it just to put in um and, you're, you're winning and sometimes you take that <laughs> take that dual wield hit sometimes you just do it because the piece is that good that you can sure. when, you're, when you're doing an evasion set for example since that was a topic of discussion for dancer or thief it comes into play even blue mage it mm -hmm. comes into play you lack dt options because you have to cram as much evasion as possible in there and so yeah. when you come to evasion you're generally lacking dt so a dagger like a Krontica, which is the one from the Chapuli or whatever, uh, tier yeah. two and, and, and whatever, it's uh, it's 8 DT on it, which is great. It has enmity plus 10, it has like 20 evasion, and it gets defenses and augment and other stuff like that. 30 defense, yeah. Yeah, those, that makes up for a lot of things there that, because a lot of times when you throw on, Malignance does not, it's like, what, 38% DT for Malignance? And when you're using your cape, you want to use that extra resin there instead of DT or whatever. You want to use it on evasion because you need sometimes every bit of evasion, especially for a job like blue going into even just uh, Omen to solo. Uh, you know, based on master level, it changes, but you just barely, when you're setting all your traits and stuff for evasion, you just kind of barely get enough, as, especially as a newer blue. You can hit it, but you need to use like everything to get there without spending you know salt ramen is not really plentiful and it's expensive so I don't yeah, know, use know your job know your job for sure because it, it, like not every job has an equally easy road to get to what you're trying to do like you're saying you know? yeah but you don't want to yeah, blue blue might have some trouble but it can get there dancers can get there very easily so figure out what you can easily sacrifice and that's just that's just flat omen content fast. which is low-end content yeah. if you're doing higher-end content the like say you're trying to evade stuff in divergence which is a good example of evading because you, you're <laughs> yeah. not gonna get the support there if you have support and stuff you can count it's different but not getting support sometimes you won't even get there but you need to put every bit of evasion in there so you don't want to have to you don't get the lorica torque you have to use a bathy choker so there's that dt is gone you don't you know you're using other earrings uh you're using the infused earring for all that evasion you're not getting you're not getting your your odinoa earring and stuff like that and so typically where i try to get one is like the ammo slot so if you use uh, full Nayame, which is a little lower evasion, but it's it's one of those things you can kind of sacrifice. The agility and evasion makes it a little lower sometimes. A job like Dancer's feet is unique, so you don't get to really count that. But a D-ring, Nayame, and the ammo, the uh, staunch Tathom plus one will cap you on DT. So that's generally the optimal path I've taken. But you you know, an evasion set, when you can use a Chronica and, and Dancer feet or whatever, you can completely change a set for Thief or Dancer in that case. You can't for other jobs. But you usually don't 
you know, yeah. if you're not capping DT and evasion set, you just accept that you're only like 35, 40, whatever you have in your set. Because the, the goal is to evade. I mean, capping the DT is nice. And if you can find a way to do that without sacrificing your evasion, because if you can find out exactly how much you need, which is field testing it, then that will be the way to do that. But just don't feel like you have to always hit something in a set. You don't always have to. If you're at 48% DT and like your cure set, just accept it. You don't need to cap that extra 2% in your in your cure set on white mage or something. You just take it. And that's, you know, the main goal is to carry. You try and yeah, get there if it. you can, but don't get, don't sweat the small stuff. Like get the set functional and nothing stops you from going back and rebrewing it too. Yeah. You know, if you can improve it later, or you acquire a piece that's better, or a platinum Moogle belt exists suddenly. And <laughs> if I if I ever know. do the Rhapsodies of Vanadiel missions, yeah, if you ever do Rhapsodies of Vanadiel and get all this gear that comes out with it, like, yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff you can do with that. So. But this game is based around gearing sets, and that is that's what you're you're doing here. So this is the core aspect of the game, and no one really talks about. They just share sets and they copy sets, but you have to. I've seen like the Waltz set and the Dancer Guide. I looked at, it, I'm like, this is fucking horrible. It's they're, garbage, yeah. they're, they're capping as much charisma as they can in every slot. So for here's another your two decks kind of moment here. It looks like the set was fed through his spreadsheet. It looks like it. They're using like regal captain's cuffs or whatever, which are garbage <laughs> in general because they have like three more charisma than any other option or something stupid. Just don't just don't even use those. So that's actually a very important point. When you're like brewing these sets, a lot of times you're doing a niche thing. So you don't want to apply, you know, anything any you you want to make sure there's like no issues with the generality. So you want to not care as much about losing like the 3% DPS that you might lose doing this because the, the whole idea is that you're not a corpse so that you can continue doing damage. Like not everything is going to be an apex mob. So not everything can be fed through a spreadsheet and you'll get, you'll end up on the other side with like a set that actually works in real life. You'll fight real content. And that's what this episode is about. So you may have to take a few percentage hits to DPS. Still keep it in mind. Still try to, try to keep it as high as possible. Like if you are a DD, and let's say that that's the brewing you're doing, but if you have to take those hits to to make the skeleton, and you know you put put the flesh on the skeleton and all that stuff, and like make the set that works for the content that you're that you're fighting, and this is the context that we're always talking about and fucking harping on idiots for. Um, do that. It's okay to lose a few percentage to not be a corpse. Correct. And I'd be okay with that. We're spreadsheeting or uh, fake simulating as that other post. I always like thinking about that post. <laughs> sure. uh, where that does come in handy, in my opinion, is when you make a DT set and you, you know, the goal is to first live, but then when you optimize it, you don't necessarily know which slots are heavily impacted until you start messing around with it in that case. So you take your set and you start, how can I change it to start making alterations that, you know, they all look like they're one to one sometimes. But so, for example, Nick Madu ring on a job. You're generally going to be using defending rings so you don't have to be cornholed into your certain DT pieces that you might not want to have to use on a job. So Nikmadu ring. Um, I find like people make DT sets and they still use Adamar body and Adamar bonnet and stuff like that. It's not that's going against the whole point of, yeah, you're getting more you capped your DT. Yes. And you're getting more DPS out of it, but you're still going to get. You have to be real careful if you yeah, use those pieces. I, I've gotten away for... I know Adamar Jacket is a better TP piece for DPS, but I'm tired of just getting destroyed. Hands. If my set can support it, I will still use the hands, but try to make that the first piece you remove if you need to. <laughs> I think the only pieces that are worth keeping at this point, uh, if you're a job like Blue or anything like that, is not the body. It might be, it's pick one of the five, essentially, either head or hands. Usually the hands are really the best piece, but 
um, just kind of working in, okay, I can use this one piece, but you just get rid of the Adam, like the Corsairs using Adamar body with the DT set. Stop doing that. Just oh, yeah, find yeah. something else. I don't care. Use Malignant's body and use, use Ricky Yotai and a fucking Abani earring, which would greatly accomplish your dual build here. Just stop using Adamar body. Honestly, at 21, just, yeah, use, use a Abani, Ricky Yotai, and, uh, a 10 dual wield cape as your, as your, uh, as your skeleton and, and brew around that. And a DT set and a DPS DT set are two different things. A hybrid yeah. set, different. You're, you're, you're going for maybe 30, 40, depending on now with your DT while having better DPS pieces. So like I'll use as a base TP set even could be a, a hybrid set at this point for a lot of jobs. Like on Dancer, I'll use the Adamar Bonnet because it's really, it's a good DPS piece. And I'm not in the DT set. This is my TP set, but I'll have on Gladys body, Gladys legs, uh, the DT10, Horos feet. And then I'll use mm -hmm. Gluddy's hands because Gluddy's hands on the jobs that can wear them, if you have augments in them, are comparable, if not on a job like Thief because it gets critical damage traits a little better while not having to be as paper as Adamar hands. So depending on the job you're on, if you have Gluddy's augmented up for hands, you can replace Adamar hands. And yeah, yeah, there might be a little bit, a tiny bit less DPS. You lose triple attack, but yeah, you but keep store TP, which is important. You do so. get, you get critical hit rate and, um, and PDL. So depending on your buffs and the rest of your set, it could be a, a, an actual gain over those because you have... STP and stuff in other slots. It just depends on the content, the boss. Watch your haste, though, in that situation. It, yeah, it depends on the job, too. So that's the you're losing 2% making that change. Like, if you have the bonnet in this case, um, and you're wearing Gluddy's hands and stuff like that, that bonnet has a lot of haste on it, though, over other pieces like Malignant's hat. And if you have, like, Malignant's legs or whatever is going on, you generally, mm -hmm. you look at, you got a, a lot of times a DT set. Gluddy's knife will round it out, too. Yeah, Gluddy's knife's really good. But point. you're not always using it. Yeah, true. So just be careful on that. But, um, do you look at your haste in these sets too, especially if you're a uh, heavy DD job? Because people just make these sets and don't even look at their haste when they're done. Because even on Thief, when I was talking about uh, with our Empyrean set um, for DT, those legs lack haste. So the whole point was they are a worse piece because they lack haste over like Malignant's pants or something. They just, they, you're not capping haste on Thief sometimes because unless you have Gluttony's knife to have right there, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I, so I tried to build a around knife. What I usually do um, is uh, I, I have a a tank set on DDs and I have a TP set on DDs. And just because I have a TP set does not mean that it's like glass cannon or anything. I'm sure I have that set and I'm sure it exists, but I have to specifically toggle to it to make it happen. Um, but the difference between the two is what you're talking about, where there's like the full DT, I'm going to take hits, and this ice lion is probably going to make me its girlfriend. And uh, then there's like your, your your regular TP sets, which now should generally include between 35 and 40-ish DT in them, uh, because a lot of the stuff that you fight is actively going to try to also make you its girlfriend. So the difference between those sets is whether or not you know you're going to be tanking. Like on Dancer, like I have an unhealthy amount of sets. I have 104 melee sets. Jesus fuck. On Dancer. Yes. And a lot of that also has to do with tiering. It has to do with like different tank sets, different modes. Um, and a lot of them are automatic because of how my haste tearing system works. But it doesn't mean that you have to go that deep. Like you can make either the reason I'm, I'm mentioning how many sets that is, is because there are some jobs where you may want to brew a lot of sets because it seems like you can do a lot of things, but you don't want to get lost in doing it to where you actually forget you even have that set to begin with. <laughs> so try to make sure that set is relevant and that you know how to use it and that you know how to get to it effectively. 
Otherwise, you can brew like 105 sets and you would never use half of them because you would forget they're there. So part. So of... I typically try to make sure that I, I at least know that I'm in full DT or if I'm in just regular melee DT. That's the biggest distinction you should make. Part of me mentioning the hybrid set and the DT set and then talking about the gluttys and stuff for that is there used to be more of a need for a hybrid DT set. Uh, for jaws because a lot of dps pieces were either dt or not but with a lot of pieces now that's kind of melted away so that your base right. you TP don't want set, a warder of courage to murder you right yeah your, your, corner of courage. <laughs> your, your base tp set has now become the hybrid essentially because <laughs> you, you either face rolled anyway or you're in content where you know so in divergence wave one especially you kind of don't care wave two you do yeah. care and a lot of ambuscades you might care sometimes you don't like the full dt set but it's it's probably should be okay, yeah so. it's it's not like anymore where you want to you know you kind of know when you have to turtle up completely because you're not using that hybrid that baseline tp set for any of these tier three fights at all you are definitely making a full-on i need to turtle up completely because the dps isn't the problem the buffs get me there which people kind of yeah. underrate how that gets you there and then i need to just live living is the most important i need my defense food i need all this because living is the hardest part this yeah, content's going please, to please please apply the lessons that odyssey has taught us <laughs> like it, it odyssey i remember odyssey coming out and humbling us and we need to not forget the lessons that taught us about about being alive yeah cause because these these corsairs and then and three atomar pieces need to completely they need to stop doing <laughs> yeah. that even in shoal c there That's is zero bad. reason to be using atomar pieces in shoal c on a corsair the dps is not nearly as important if you die there is no amount of atomar extra dps that will have made up for that death ever in fact, if you want to wear janky glass cannon sets, boy, do I have a job for you. Go play ninja. There you go. There you go. So even then, you have to not be stupid, but but just take that in mind. Like unless you can completely nullify what's happening to you, just have respect for the content that it will murder you. A lot of the glass cannon stuff lingering over is going to be Adamar Bonnet for for jobs that I play because I'm sure there's D, heavy D jobs. I play Dragoon obviously, but there's those pieces generally don't transition like the light armor jobs are usually the ones that have that. This is the best thing lingering from seven years ago and it's weak as paper. So some new tights, <laughs> Adamar Bonnet, Adamar Hands, things like that. But depending on your augment, I would say even if you have R20 Gluttys pants. You know, this is where the spreadsheeting I think makes it reasonable for what you're trying to. If you're really trying to squeeze the stone here, I think that the DPS difference between the two pieces of Samnua for a job like Blue, Thief, Dancer, etc., jobs you might be playing in that capacity, uh, Samnua pants are not worth the little extra DPS you get at that point. So if you have R20 pants of Gluttys, completely replace them. If you have R25, they are, in my opinion, straight up better in DPS. I'm sure a spreadsheet would agree with me. The only job I equip some new tights on is ninja. The only <laughs> job I do is, is pup because pup can't wear the gladys. But even then, <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm going to have to evaluate <laughs> the uh, the legs, the impaka legs versus that. I might just completely stop carrying some new pants and save that slot again. Sure. Yeah. There's just because it's just not one not worth the extra DPS because we're talking like maybe fifty and it's just kind of silly. And two, just straight up yeah. tied or better or or beaten by high augment augment gladys. But then we talk about yeah, the take the fifty hands. DPS hit and survive an attack. So there you go. <laughs> just the bonnet's kind of left in a weird position. We're on because it's like crit blue. damage plus. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 subtle blow. It's crit damage plus and it's um it's triple attack. So it's like a slot that's like the last glance cannony piece that I will keep in my sets because it's just that good. Because you get a lot of crit and other stuff like Gluddy's hands, and that bonnet is what makes that uh, kind of work better of not having those Adamar hands, in my opinion. Uh, especially when you have samurai roll. I usually like a Mr. Ration. 
<laughs> well, well, yeah, that well for weapon skull, obviously. But I'm saying as a yeah. TP piece, the critical hit rate you get on Gluddy's legs and hands, that Adamar bonnet makes those pieces way harder because of the crit damage that you're getting on that head. That's very good. So like, that's a way you could kind of, if I'm getting rid of things that I think are better pieces that are glassy, what piece that I'm going to use to kind of make those changes I'm making work? Because you could just go one-to-one -one in anything. And I'm like, that's fine. But uh, just the the aspect of I need to try to keep my DPS up here is a goal everyone has, but also I need to make it hardier as a base TP set than it has been in the past that people on average are not doing and just dying or diversions pugs and everything like that still. Uh, those yeah. are the kind of things you want to look at of what what pieces are, are helping me make these changes not as weak as I think they might be, or maybe they're even better. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't take your sets for granted. Like, go back and look at them every once in a while. Like, you don't have to be weird like me and try to like make a single improvement on a job every single day, but you should at least look at like your sets on a job like once a week. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> for you, once a week, but. Well, let's you know, Fox. Some people don't get it once a week. They get married and they they get it. Maybe check your sets once a month. Maybe depending on how it's going. Maybe once and once a year. You know, I'm not. This is not personal to me. My wife's giving me up the fucking stink eye, but this is not. This is not just. If, I mean, if you can't make time for that sort of thing, then like, maybe you like don't really have the time to do the end game content that you think you're trying to do. Like, yeah, because that's the crusade I've been on lately. Is like people misapplying the term end game to things, but like. When people think they can attend one thing and then they automatically assume they can attend another and they end up in like, you know, your your V25 run or something like that and they're just completely not ready for it. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of, or their sortie runs are, are a huge, huge thing that gives me an aneurysm is when people join a sortie run, they don't know what the fuck to do. Dude, that um, happened with uh, Aardvark. I had to throw him on the blacklist because he joined yeah. our run and just died somewhere in a corner and just would not. He was, we, we, did, we did all AB, ABC, EFG. Whatever we did, all that with five people and no bolters ever and no core rolls ever. And so think of it this way: it. like maybe maybe you have no consideration for others that that could be a thing, but just remember, like you're fucking over five other people by lying to them about your your ability to do content. So like you may be having some fun, but by disrespecting five other people like that, like they have every right to disrespect you right back. So just remember that. There was another uh, recent post on shitty R XI, you know, whatever, um, that I actually took a screenshot of and made a tweet out of because it's at this point where it's just such a blatant example of this guy's like, oh, I'm a teacher. What uh, is it? Can anyone help me with the Onyx? What should I pay or whatever? So someone farms beads for me or whatever, because it's they basically said, I don't have enough time, but I have gill, which is also very odd. Uh, I know it's really cheap to buy gill, but. But they basically said, I don't, you know, where can I pay someone to give me information on how to make an Ionic then help it? So, like, they won't even bother looking up the item. So, no. I just made a tweet saying, look, there comes a certain time where you have to understand if you should just stop fucking playing this game and find something yeah. else that you would enjoy more with your time, not, you know, be more productive at, be less of a detriment at, and just yeah. stop trying to eat your cake and have it too. And, and just, you need to make a choice at a certain point. If it's just not for you, and this person is clearly not for them. If you need to pay someone to farm you beads for an Ionic, then do the Ionic for you afterwards. And you have, you're a quote unquote teacher who doesn't have time to play, then just don't play the game. And that's, that's the kind of yeah. thing. If you can't be bothered to make sets, you need to understand you should not be playing the, the higher, you should just not join those yeah, groups. Yeah, we're growing ever. up, guys. You we're, can, we're you can play up. the game. We're adults. You can just don't choose to do certain things because if you don't bother making sets and try to join the hardest content in the game, you should just be blacklisted forever. Just if you're not. I knew to... a dude. 
who was who was constantly on call as a helicopter nurse, and this guy is trying to tell you he doesn't have time, and this he's guy a teacher. was able to get on the game and do what content he could, and he set the expectations that he would have to leave sometimes. You know, and we would hear his radio go off, and then he had to get in that helicopter and save someone's life. So this guy complaining about how he has no time to do things, but this guy could manage to do that by setting the right expectations just screams bullshit. Yeah, so, especially if you're an American teacher and you have all three months of the fucking year and you have nothing but time. Unless, I mean, you could maybe have a different job, but still, you, you're not. It's, it's, there's not a world where a teacher doesn't have time to play in their spare time because of whatever. So I just, the excuses and stuff, stop making them. It's just, you can play this game, but you have to understand the confines of which you can play it. You can be a solo player, go do your missions, go to domain invasion, go do whatever you want to do, but don't try to join a uh i'm doing the hardest sortie content i'm doing v25s whatever you just don't join it know that you shouldn't join that and don't don't join vd shouts for ambuscade do d or less or maybe n or less if you have to make a yell yell casual or whatever but there's certain aspects that you need to just not involve like the game is for everyone but it's not all of the game is for every person in every way and you just yeah that does not entitle you to play in my <laughs> this is the elitism that everyone posts about and, and, I, and i don't mean me specifically but you have to think that someone on the other side is making a group you are not entitled to play in their group it's like driving slow in the left lane in Fox. yeah don't drive slow in the left lane just get over that's all you gotta do there's just a little bit of common courtesy for the people around you you know don't don't lie to them just to get into their group that is like, the thing they will though, know immediately the, these same people will post oh i hate elitism whatever this isn't this is elitism this but elitism. this is this is literally about elitism that is common courtesy and that's all i have to say about that yeah pretty much so it's the it's the brewing tangent <laughs> <laughs> yes but i mean that's just it needs to be hammered home and i i think that it's been hammered home too much but uh, just comes to mind. So the se- no one, no one, no one will listen to it or apply well, it. But. <laughs> there are people that listen. There are people we we do get comments. And I had asked in here in the podcast notes or the podcast chat section of the Discord. Uh, we're doing this episode here. I said if anyone has any comments or concerns or whatever about set building. Oh. And I had realized that I hadn't even read that section <laughs> after asking it. Let's see, uh, Varshal in the Discord says, Be sure to tell people to get their engraved belt, carrier sash, water's charm, and hardy earring. People neglect status elements, slash Ellie resists big time, and it's a huge pet peeve of mine. So easy to cap DT and manage HP these days that they're so easy to slip into sets, especially idle. Dude, I've seen some really bad idle sets that just people do not even wear anything. There was an idle set recently, it was just, it was just nonsensical. It was just random... I saw Alice today, and the person was on Summoner, and they were on Scholar, and they, just, they were wearing the uh, the Mimmer earring and the whatever earring, the enhancing skill earring, and like the summoning skill earring on jobs that don't even use summoning skill, just as the idle pieces. And they you were just, why? It was just. I weird. can tell you why. Because it has defense twenty in the, in the ears too. No, the the Endoa earring that gives summoning skill also has enhancing skill. No, no, what it, it, it is, was the Mimmer earring. I know the Mimmer earring and the Endoa earring. So the memory earring has enhancing skill. The Andoa earring has summoning skill and enhancing skill. And what it is, it's a set where they took someone's Lua, <laughs> shopped as many things as they could off of it, but they didn't have all of the pieces. So they're not returning to pieces that they didn't bother swapping out in the Lua. Andoa is from Delve, and you're right. It was the it was they were both the main invasion defense twenty and like irrelevant, like oh. nonsensical uh, magic skill plus earrings. They just full time idle on them, and that's where the hardy oh, earring goes. That's where other earrings go that are not those. 
I mean, if you need defense, I could see them in like a weird niche set, but not a general <coughs> idol set. And the performance was also, you know, what you might expect after that from that. Just weird. You know, if you get hit by, I know we're just farming RP, but if you're running by a mob that you didn't time the TP move on, and maybe it just happens you just ran by and the fetters are out, and you just didn't time it, it happens. But if you run by and you get hit by fetters and you're in red HP, and you can use a panacea, which you should carry, and you just run around standing there, or don't summon something as a summoner, because it's what it happened to, to maybe take off the, the drown from you from Engai, or heal yourself with Carbuncle or anything, and just run around in circles and just fall on the ground which is what happened from the person using these earrings. Just please, you could, you know, it's just, it's just the sets usually go in tandem with the thinking the person puts in the character, which is why thinking about your sets impacts your gameplay beyond just having important sets. Because if you don't put thought into what you're wearing, you're not putting thought into other things too. So that's the kind of time. Yeah, into, it's usually a hallmark that you're cutting corners. I was just standing there. I'm like, this guy's going to stand here and die to drown, not call on an avatar, not do anything. I mean, just you can heal yourself <laughs> as a summoner with your pet. You could, you know, maybe no just way. It was, you could do that or you could use a panacea. But do you think I could do it with multiple avatars? The running in circles like I they're on fire, this. refusing to stop, drop and roll was just I was just I'm, I'm watching this because I'm on pump. I'm just watching this happen because I'm on the back line. I'm just standing there. I'm like, wow, this this is going to happen in front of me. This person is going to Maybe die. Maybe he never unlocked Carbuncle. Uh, you know? <laughs> they did give themselves re-raise from Kate says, so that was, that was a benefit. They did have re-raise from that. But that was, I was just like, oh, yeah. But yes, uh, <laughs> in case someone's not heard anything before, you need to have some element of elemental resist. Because I had a paladin today tanking uh, Ongo, and they oh, had no. no elemental resist. They were using... They were using Aegis and a non-augmented SU-4 sword and full um, plus one plus one abjuration gear with the Macabre's gauntlets. And they had no elemental resist whatsoever. Oh, no. And when those fetters came out, that paladin blew up. Probably the, took a thousand damage a hit. They man. blew up to like 50 HP remaining and almost died in like one volley wow. of fetters. It was it was terrifying. I'm surprised they survived that. I'm surprised too because they, they had fucking jack shit on. And they they almost ate it there. So you need to have an element of one or greater to anything you're trying to resist. You can't just wear nothing. It, it's part of the resist check. It has to be some form of magic specific resistance. It can come from a carol. It can come from a bar spell. Or it can come from gear. And you should basically in your idol set always have either a piece like carrier sash, engrave belt, uh, warder's charm. Those those pieces are every job can wear those basically. In some yeah, form, or just have something that gives you like a pretty broad spectrum, a spectrum of like elemental resistances. Yeah, and then you're in your if you have a DT set magical specific, which you know generally be a thing that you need to have that in there. So, yeah. elemental resistance specifically plus as in like resist ailments. Uh, that's nifty and all. It's just you can fit it in a slot. Go for it. I don't even carry the hardy earring because it's it's uh like 2.5 percent against nms and it's like i just use I it yeah it's yeah. On, on a mage i could see using it because like on scholar or something you get tons of dt in your your imperium body and stuff you have plenty of room to wiggle on scholar but other jobs eh. i mean you can use it. it it makes sense to use it's just for me the inventory slot save there i'd rather i'd rather use something else there and not worry about it that's fair but, i mean it's, it's a good I, choice can, to use there yeah i mean there there are some jobs that can stack the um the status resistance is pretty high and like you reach a point where you hit enough magic evasion and like you should probably back off a little bit and use some of those pieces honestly the macabre hands at plus one when there are 15 are amazing um you should use those whenever possible in an idle set um 
and there's like a lot of bodies that are very complementary with it, like uh, the Sekpada's body and the Galetti's body. Um, those both provide resist all, all ailments, and then you can combine that with Staunch Tathlum. So there's a lot of jobs that get a pretty hearty amount of like resist all. And sure, it's half versus NMs, but it's just extra at that point because this is gear you'd probably wear anyway. And for, for tanks too, especially Runefencer, look at your mid-cast sets because your tank set can have yeah. 3,000 plus HP. When you go into a mid-cast, especially yeah. SIR, uh, if this is why the Platinum Moogle Belt was it amazing too, nothing. you're going to yeah. lose like 1,000 HP. And that's, you know, you don't want to ping-pong around, not only because you can blood aggro that way, especially certain summoners I know. <laughs> well, I, I actually am working, uh, reworking all my sets in Summoner right now uh, before I got on the podcast. But, you know, it's not just having a tank set, having you need to check your mid-cast sets and stuff, especially on tanks uh, or just in general, your MP on blue base sets, because your swaps could just be completely worthless if you're not, if you're not. Yeah, make balancing. sure you, you homogenize your HP across all sets. That's really, really important. And a, a good way to brew that is like, as you, as you make these sets, when you're done, equip them all in order and see for HP changes. So That's all you have to do. Cinnamon here, in response to Varshal, says, I think people can't really wrap their mind around why Water's Charm, Carrier Sash, and the like is so helpful slash important. Maybe going to depth about why on certain things like ailments slash LA resists and their actual impact, which we've done. Maybe go over uh, your mindsets and how you create sets, what you have in mind when deciding what goes where, how you evaluate the set and equipment as a set as a whole, what you're willing to give up or exchange for certain thresholds, or what uh, you want to hit for STP, multi, DT, et cetera, and why? Okay, so it's a multi-part. Yeah, I, we did, so we did everything mind, except maybe the, the STP kind of multi-hit kind of balancing. That's fair. Uh, so, like, my mindset on how to uh, create sets, like, deciding where things go, again, it just goes back to the uh, the, the big pieces, the big pieces in the flex slots, like, define what those are. Uh, to address, like, where you care about the store TV, multi-hit, DT, and all that. Well, I don't like that those are lumped together. Um, store TV and multi-attack, you can lump those together, sure. But you shouldn't lump those three together like you're compromising on those three. That's kind of the one of the larger points we were making in this episode. Um, DT should be considered separately, and it should take priority over the other two. Yes. Um, that is the, that's not the anchor. Course. Yeah. A lot of people lump that stuff together because they just assume a, a melee set has all of those things. Like, don't do that. Um, now, when it comes to store TP uh, and multi-attack, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, you have to figure out what you're doing, too, and what buffs you have, because sometimes you can lose some value in some of these considerations if you have, like, if you know a core is present and they're going to give you Sam's roll. If you add, like, a little more store TP in your set, it's probably not going to be as effective as a little more multi-attack. So in that situation, I'll try to make a judgment call where I know I'm going to get those buffs, and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm going to favor some more multi-attack because the value of my hits has increased, right? So you want to maximize the number of hits that you make. Um, there really isn't the old idea of like a hit build, but what I do is I'll go through uh, Final Fantasy Calc, uh, FXI Calc, and I'll actually put in like the store TP set or store TP for the boxes and everything, and I'll see what the hit build it says is, especially on like dual wield jobs. And what I end up doing is if I can get a piece for basically free that lowers that number to like from like I don't know eleven hits down to ten hits, I'll I'll tend to try to favor that because I know that that's a more ideal situation for that store TP. Like that amount of store TP has more value than the rest of the store TP in my set that's led up to that point. 
But the store TP after that point has less value because it doesn't necessarily push you to another situation where that would decrement by one. Um, you'll see it if you know you'll know what I'm talking about if you download the calculator and you actually go and plug this Instead stuff of in. Delay tab. You put in your weapon yeah. delay, the job you're don't, running, and start changing the STP. Don't treat it like gospel though, because especially with like dual wield and multi attack, because like you, there's a lot of factors in there. But it's a nice baseline to go by. Um, for how you can value your store TP as you get it. Because your store TP is not always valuable. It's valuable when it can actually benefit you on a multi-attack a trigger. So kind of think of it like that. If you want to work with like nothing but averages forever, just know that while av averages do exist for a reason, the length of the fight can actually change how you view that average. Um, the more samples you have, so in this case, the more rounds of combat you have, the more that average is going to appear like it's correct. But if it's a quick fight, if it's a bunch of short engagements, like let's say it's a, it's a bunch of um, fodder mobs in, in Dynamis, you may not necessarily experience the average. So just kind of keep that in mind because there's a lot of stuff that like factors in. Um, so don't... Like, I, I've had a lot of arguments with people about stuff like Serotitaphon, for example. It's like, is it is it worth it? Because overall, it says that it's like it lowers my damage by like two point whatever percent according to these simulators. And that's true. It can. Um, if you only nuke four times, though, the one time that that triggers is infinitely superior to your average because the mob's already dead and it's already provided a huge bonus. So you really want to weigh these things out in reality, as opposed to how a spreadsheet's going to show you. So just kind of keep that in mind. But that, that's my answer to that question. Um, I actually think about when the store TP matters, and I try to favor multi-attack, because I know that buffs can make that multi-attack better. The buffs you're, you're typically going to get anyway. So that's a really long answer to kind of a short question. I tend to use certain pieces as anchor points uh, in terms of you don't want to go all STP or all multi-attack, but a reason that it's a piece <laughs> like definitely not. Yeah, you did. They, they, they. It's kind of a balancing act of having Sam's roll and stuff makes STP a little mm -hmm. less valuable. Having extra double multi-attack makes the multi-attack over using more STP less valuable. But if you don't get Sam's roll, it gets weird, and that's where it's yes, kind of, yeah. For a job like Dragoon or something <laughs> like that, yeah, the the build doesn't necessarily exist, especially because of conserve. TP proccing like a quarter of the time, getting you more. It's not like there's no head build necessarily. And on dual wheel jobs, it's not reliable, unfortunately, because you have multi attack procs per hand. But usually, so, when you have, I have a different set for samurai roll being on because that just, you, you just, it used to be more of a thing than it is now. The pieces kind of blend a little more in terms of DT, multi attack, et cetera. You're, yeah. you're generally just, when that's on, you're generally just pretty much good. You're not having to worry about any, the STP isn't as valuable, but you still use it. Your set doesn't generally change too much. But uh, when I say balance stuff out, like on Dragoon, for example, a lot of jobs that aren't Thief because of the triple attack damage makes header right a little better. But you're going to end up using like a multi-attack ring and then an STP ring. So you'll have like Nikmadu ring and then Petrof ring or something because the extra store TP, you know, it's just kind of, they end up just being good together. You're not going all multi-attack, but just looking around your set and just peppering in, okay, I'm using Wind Buffet belt for whatever reason, on my job build. And I'm also using, uh, I don't know, a multi-attack body or whatever. So like you see yeah. on like a Dragoon, for example, you have STP in your head and feet generally if you're using a glassier set 
or you have stored TP in your Gluttie's hands because they're augmented. And the other pieces are going to be like, it's just, you're not going to have, they just, the pieces kind of just meld together. Like, I want, I want Gluttie's body. That's multi attack. I want, you know, store TP earrings because they're more plentiful than multi attack. Certainly, they just, you know, they just kind of fall into place of like, Sharita earring is a good piece to use. And you usually have multi attack and armor. And it just, they get kind of peppered together to general pieces that are just good to have. Like a Vim Torque for a two-handed D that can use it is really good, and that's tons of storage. Vim Torque there. is just really good in general. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I mean that you, you know that you you have multi-attack options for neck, but I mean that piece is just a better piece because that's a lot of storage TP in one slot. Outside of the mm-hmm. regain you get, but you can then other slots are going to be more multi-attack focused, um, and the storage TP and accessories are a little higher. So you kind of look at things like that. So for a job like Thief has baseline multi-attack, I use. A store TP cape on that job, but for a job like dancer that doesn't, I use a double attack uh, back piece. So it just depends on what you're working with in that job and other pieces of gear you have. So there's a lot of multi attack, a lot of store TP in different slots, just identifying what is good where. As like, oh, this stands out because it's a high amount for this slot. Uh, what other slot is a different amount? Is there a high amount of store TP on these feet? Like, um, if I'm getting rid of something on Blue Mage, I tend to look at the store TP of like. Uh, the head slot versus because Malignant's head store TP is kind of low compared to what other jobs have possibly for gear. It's only like plus eight, and like the hands are twelve, and other pieces are higher. So, looking at what's high for the slot versus other pieces in the set or whatever, and it just you just kind of look at it and it just kind of makes sense after a while, based on what's good yeah. for there. It just kind of blends together. So it's hard to answer that without uh, ultimately like a simulator spreadsheet. We'll start. Uh, you know, ironing out, oh, this is 20 more DPS and all like this. It's, it's, you know, I think good enough qualifies here. So I, I want to, I really want to stress that the value of, of determining what store TP pieces like start to matter though, because once you hit a certain point until you, your store TP tips over again, like the store TP you add loses value. Correct. So it loses value until it suddenly gains a ton of value and it starts losing value again and it gains a ton of value. So just kind of keep that in mind. So if you don't want to get like super, super minutia with it, like super granular, just try to favor multi-attack whenever possible, because typically multi-attack will be better for you if you, um, and typically if, if you're getting generic buffs, yeah, yeah. generic buffs like Sandral, absolutely. Yeah. That, that really tips in favor. Cause like on Dragoon, for example, it used to be before multi-attack gear came out to compete with it, using Trishula as you did before even Shining One existed, uh, you would always be around like 70-ish. TP plus in your gear total sub job and everything because that th- sets you over the threshold and you're using a TP sensitive weapon skill that benefits from it like Rudra Storm. Yeah, I think you had to be over sixty two actually. Yeah, it was it was around there. So when you would you know seventy was the even number that you'd end up hitting because of the gear. You had, yeah, yeah, that's that's I'm surprised you're even because I'd spend a lot of time with Dragoon. They usually don't. So I'm surprised you know off the top of your head like that. Oh, I used to be Dragoon in almost every event as a DD. Oh, okay. That, that explains why. Yeah. But then something like... In Sh- fact, Murr stopped letting me go Dragoon because I was beating one of the bars. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking... Why is that typical? <laughs> I crushed him in a wave three once and he never wanted to be on Dragoon again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would use... um He was using Runo Hige before even like R15 was a thing for it. He was bad. Oh, he was, it was before Runo Hige was even a twinkle in his eye. He was... Just or the- not, not Runo Hige. He was using... um not No, no. He was using... uh uh, God, what is it? Rugmion. Oh, Rugmion. oh, God! No. That's what he was using. Oh, but yeah, way before that was even a twinkle in his eye, he was on the warrior using Farsha. He was, and he was always the kind of guy that wanted to make a set around. I want to use this weapon. I don't care how good it is. And he would just use fucking any weapon, and he would just lose the parse. And he would talk <laughs> a big game about like he would in his mind think he's like a god among men. Like, oh, 
I'm going to be yeah, the when best no one else like you are, that is the truth. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, once, you, once you get someone in there and we need to actually clear the content and you put me under Dragoon in the same party, that's what ended up happening. And the cool thing was, is like at, at that time, Dragoon was the only job that could mitigate hate like that. So while everyone around me was like getting, <laughs> getting aggro and stuff and like potentially dying, I just kept on trucking. I just started over the shit out of that boss. And that makes me a little more brazen on Dragoon where I feel like I can wear a little more of a glassy set with that flama head and feet because I'm able to super jump and high jump away hate and it's only going to be AoEs that are hurting me at that point. Usually yeah, you just watch out for the AoEs for yeah. sure. And yeah, um, you, you you want to make sure, you, and that's kind of the point I didn't touch in the, in the thing too, is that when you're brewing a set, you may have to change your play style as well. So you have to know how you're going to approach the content from a play standpoint. And Dragoon, um, as long as the Wyvern's alive, has permanent defender on it because that 25% defense. So you have a little more leeway yeah. on a job like Dragoon that you don't have other jobs. But um, like Shining One, for example, on Dragoon, store TP is going to weigh heavier there because you're building more TP up there. Of course, multi-attack and stuff obviously matters for that process, but store TP weighs more on that job using that weapon because you're going to a threshold of like 2K for um, impulse drives. It's not just 1K spam like Star Dive or anything extra. It kind of helps yeah. you. <laughs> So I mean, I'm trying to make generalizations, even though you don't like Actually, that. Box. I like I like to cheat with, with Sonic Thrust. Sonic Thrust, <laughs> Sonic Dude, Thrust is the shit. So in our so good. our wave three, we just had um, we we had a wave three where we did a pug again, <laughs> and we so we cleared good. every single mob and beat the wave three boss, and we had like five minutes left, which was great for a, with drop ball. for yeah. a pug where I didn't ask any single person what gear they had. I turned down one person who came before that man down thief princesses. Uh, yeah. I turned them down because that was the I'm person. I'm surprised I, you turned them down. You, you take everyone. And I said directly. It, it makes me twitch. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I asked directly. I go, are you? Claudius shows up three runs in a row. I said, are you still using an R zero man down in your main hand and offhanding a better turret on your thief and wearing no DT whatsoever? Because if you are, you can't come this time. I said, I'll see myself out. And their response, <laughs> their response was, I can do better. I can do better. And my response was, I'm sure you can. <laughs> and that was the end of the exchange. If they had just, if they'd made any improvement at all that was meaningful, like, I'm not going to use this Mandau R0. I'm going to use the Torrent in my main hand. I'm going to wear any DT on this job. They could have come, even though they wouldn't have been, they still would have been a detriment. I would have let them come. And hey man, that's an that's a really elitist bar you're putting out there. I, you know, the elitist bar of, can you do something? I'll take you if you can do something. Any DT. Any DT. That's any DT. Uh, so <laughs> that that's I don't, I don't know if I agree with those methods, man. That's that's a little rough. NEDT. That was oh, the one man. person I turned on. I didn't ask any other person their sets and ask anything else, and people just came and we beat it. But I was yeah. on Dragoon having a blast because I'm sub white mage for healing breaths, which did come a clutch a couple times, and Cataclysm if we had a green eyes and a bunch of statues I want to kill. But I'm sonic thrusting the fuck out of everything. I'm just sonic thrusting left and yeah, right. Dude. Yeah, parse that or pad the shit out of that parse. And actually, it's not really even padding either because like the damage is meaningful. Like twenty k on the mobs, great. Yeah, watch out for ninjas. Aoe Aoe is cheating when it comes to parsing though. (laughs) I remember I used to go on Dark Knight and like cap my HP and fucking fell cleave with uh, with like her ghost. (laughs) I talked about this on on old episodes, and man, that parse was awesome, (laughs) especially in like Sandy. (laughs) Oh man. So gross. But you know ninjas were exploding, I didn't care. I know I had to generalize <laughs> around kind of like, oh, it's better to use Gluddy's legs, whatever, if it's this rank, whatever. And that the generalization is kind of gross and you don't like that, but people work in those, so try to focus around yeah. I made specific comparisons of gear in this episode of the hands, the head, everything like that, the legs. Because those things come into play for a lot of players and they're not making those choices. They're just copying the the highest DPS set. 
which is they're there for a reason, but we're kind of moving away from those more. And even even the thief sets less yeah. glassy than it had been in the past. Yeah, I actually spent some time looking at the thief sets, and then fortunately, I came to my senses and didn't upgrade any of the AF gear. <laughs> <laughs> I like the head because I, 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 I bought the Cypress log and everything, and then I went and sold it to the age. I was like, "What am I doing? Stop!" That's <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Even Thief no longer needs Adam Bonnet at all, so that's it's nice to see. I mean, well, you mean you need it for evisceration. Well, that Raiders head that's, is really good. That's it. Yeah, but anything else that's not evisceration is gone. That's fair. <laughs> Even the body, because you get other pieces of dual wield gear that aren't out of our body on Thief. You know, that's that's kind of you know those things don't longer exist for that job, thankfully. And you just got to get away from these pieces, even though they could be better in DPS. They just get away from them. Corsair <laughs> should be using its uh, Imperian legs, and it should be having piece like that for its store TP DT, or just always that you should not be using some newer pants on Corsair at this point. It should always be those those legs because they have DT, they have accuracy, and they. They, they have a store TP, so just use those legs. I don't care if they're not as good as some new pants. Just stop it. You're a Corsair. You are weak. Corsair's bored <laughs> yeah. all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, Corsair's put out okay damage, but, like, you're not going to notice the difference, I think, is probably the better way to say it. And and not not unless you're looking for it specifically, and honestly, like, there'll be some parses where you won't even remember that they're gone. Um, uh, the only DD that that big air quotes that that goes to content that i'm never really that impressed with is like bard uh i i cannot stand bard dd i go bard to a lot of things because like i'm like the only bard that we know apparently um but even Bard's though i can TV throw down really bad they do uh i i mean i throw down like 55 60k savage blades in uh in shoal sea like they they do a lot of damage right but the tp phase is so fucking awful that it doesn't matter how much your savage play can do it's just really bad so like there, there are gonna be some jobs that feel bad and i wish that i got some new tights on bard because that would be an improvement and i would brew around that which is the point of this episode to put those pants on every other slot would be filled with dt i would gladly accept those pants I'm kind of at a point on Dragoon for Shoal Sea because I got ML20 now based on doing that. Just I've done no parties on Dragoon, just just uh, Shoal Seas, where the, the TP fun. phase of single-wield nagling is so goddamn bad that I'm at the yeah. point where unless I have to use it for a um, for a beast mob or a lizard mob, whatever it is. I know it's at least beast mob mobs. You have to use not. I remember the last time we went in, I saw you start driving some suspect things. Yeah, I mean, if based on like, based on the PDL you can get on Dragoon, as long as you have the right buffs for it, you can do Star Divers with Trishul in there for upwards of like 50, 60k, and you go, wow. And then you just, you have TP so fast that you can do two back-to-back. So even if you have to rely on the second uh, Star Diver to skill chain with Trishul and stuff, even just Shining One or something like that, it just Honestly, only I, using Sword for fucking mobs you have to use on in there. It's just the TP phase of that is so bad on Dragoon that it's just, it just, you just aim for pole i've gone pole armed dragoon to uh to shoal seas like back when they first came out and honestly it, it was fine like the skill chain damage alone really really helps so you get a strong weapon skill you get great skill chain damage and you get a lot of weapon skills because dragoon is always weapon skilling um so honestly it, it feels pretty good it kind of sucks when you run up against the skeletons but yeah that's the worst know, part that's yeah. where that's where having it feels off Walmart too. Even the me. accuracy for that, uh, I picked it for the accuracy bonus traits. Uh, the using a mafic cudgel is the best you can do there for judgment and single wielding mafic cudgel for TP and judgment 
especially because you don't one-shot the mob with me. It feels so bad that I just honestly go to a different mob and tell the uh, the warriors, the fucking anyone else, maybe if you got a blue mage, so just honestly, anything else to fight those skeletons. I just go pick a different mob with regen and, and make a skill chain and kill it. Honestly, when I run into that situation, I just go downstairs and get my toaster so I can go take a bath with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad. Like... I, I don't know like that that's I usually I usually also cry into my flute in that situation too because like we'll be on like floor four and there's no way around it and I'll be we'll we'll run into like skeletons or or, or something on floor four and I know that I'm about to five savage blade my way on bar <laughs> to a dead skeleton five, hopefully five savage blades it feels awful but like you can't uh, do anything else to contribute so you might as well start doing that you just and, team up with the corsair at that point and open for them to close yes. or something. Yes, or actually, what, I, what another thing that I do is I open Burning Blade for people because there's a lot of weapon skills that will close off of Burning Blade and do just fine. Let's see. So you'll get um, fusions, you'll get uh, decisions off of other people's Savage Blades. Let's see, Judgment on that uh, single-wielding Club Dragoon. Ooh, well, maybe, you're, maybe you got uh, Kraken Club in the offense sub Ninja and you got cool sets or whatever. Maybe, maybe it feels a lot better for that, but I do not. That fusion is going to be better than, than two or three of your Savage Blades, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. Impaction, it's so you using Burning Blade to open that Liquefaction for me to close Fusion, mm-hmm. that would kill the Skeleton, and that would feel a shit ton better. I do it on the uh, I do it on the Flans, too. Um, I'll either self-skill chain with by myself, well, that's just super redundant. Or I'll open for someone else who has TP for Savage Blade, and I'll just open with Burning Blade so they can close its eyes forever. And that's something you can't do in a pug, but if you're in a normal group of people, you can at least call that out, and that's something you'd yeah. work on because that that makes a huge difference in there. But you're, you're, sometimes your playstyle has to change, though. You know? sometimes the no bard usually is opening for anyone ever. So, yeah, but, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm Burning Blade. I'm not always so particular about Bard because I, I play it so anally and like a lot of the times it feels bad. Like a lot of times I don't get on DD jobs because I don't trust the people who buff me properly. Yeah. Like I, I know that I won't have a good experience. So like I, I might as well not get on the job and I might as well be. Fly. Yeah. And, and I might as well be the one buffing because I know it's going to be done properly. So fortunately I do enjoy playing Geo. Like, so that that's like not just a front or anything. I absolutely love playing Geo. It's very active. But, you into the spell goes. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish the MP wasn't as bad on Dispelga. It's rough, but I, I don't know. You get really good Aspers on Geo, man. You like, do. You get a bunch of them, too. They're fucking absurd. So that's another example for a set where you're compromising pieces. The uh, the the Evanescence Ring, because I can't wake up. Unless, oh, Asper sets? Yeah, unless I'm carrying that for a specific SIR set, then I don't make the... I, I just I, t- I take my other pieces, like my uh, my uh, my boots, my Agu's boots or something, and I take whatever else I have, and I, I just kind of run with it. I, I'm not carrying the extra piece unless I use it for something else. All of this time, I can't believe you can see. <laughs> Into yeah, my um, eyes, actually, like Asper goes. I've changed a lot of my Asper sets because if you look at a lot of the guides, they'll still say to wear like Merlinic augmented for like Asper potency and stuff. Yeah, and it's not you can generally get a lot of a lot better returns by wearing just pieces that have like actual magic accuracy on them. Um, because one of the things that really shut down your Aspers is getting resistant. Let me tell you, when I'm fighting Aminon, I am not using Melinic with Augments. I, no. I'm not using Rubendicity. I am, I am using fucking actual accuracy gear to land that Asper because I need to land it. The amount of Geos I see try to Asper in a pixie hairpin fucking uh. kills me. And they should absolutely be using Bagua Galero because it's fucking You're awesome. at a point where, especially on a Geo or something, you might just need, potency you just might need to not ever use that pixie because you're going to get resisted at a certain point of using these pieces of gear. 
yeah. even on Asper, because you might you don't you just don't think about it because you just take it for granted on these jobs that you're going to yep. just land it, and that's not the case. Or actually, Asper sets are, are some of the sets that people just like make and forget about. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, my Asper is always so terrible on these mobs. They must just be resistant, and it's not the case. Revisit your sets and rebrew them. And because even mobs that are more resistant <laughs> to darkness, if you have enough accuracy, <laughs> you can still overcome that sometimes, depending on their tier. Like, take a minute. I know you've already augmented this person listening who's fake and I'm still talking to you anyway. <laughs> Take a minute. Look at your Merlinic Distanas that are augmented for Asper and ask yourself, aside from that thing that says Asper potency on it, what are these hands actually doing for your Asper? Because you're not going to come up with a lot of solutions. <laughs> like, like they don't have like shit for magic accuracy. They don't have anything. They're they're just they're just literally a piece that that ferries a an asper potency plus eleven. And sometimes it's not they're like I'm not saying remove every piece of Merlinic for it, but I'm just saying that you don't want to base it around oh all asper plus dream plus on oh, Merlinic. Yeah. You, know, like you might be able to use one or two pieces or whatever you're doing in your exactly. set, but don't base it on those pieces. Those are flex pieces. There's a handy chart on the Black Mage game. <laughs> That tells you the magic act you'll need on a lot of you these should models. actually check your magic accuracy in these. You sets. should check your magic accuracy in some of these sets. It's not just for elemental magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. So uh, here's a comment from Outcast, our good buddy right. Outcast. A set is the sum of its parts. A single piece slash slot can't necessarily be judged on its own without the context of all the other pieces slash slots. Yeah, I immediately gave him the clap. Yes, to which to which Cinnamon that's, said, that's, "But this." I couldn't said it better. But this says Cinnamon. Okay, well, I'll be banning him. <laughs> uh, so we also got a comment here, because I did an at here. I usually don't do those. Uh, it was for this episode. We got a comment from someone that never talks, or, you know, I never see them post in the air. Uh, Ibble. So thank you, Ibble, for adding. But they said, please address that glass cannon. And they even put a hyphen, which is nice. Glass cannon sets are inappropriate. Uh, for content where you can expect to take high damage with little to no warning. The knowledgeable players understand that glass cannon sets have their place, but are not appropriate for all content. I suppose they do. I mean, everyone has to farm beads. But <laughs> you can get away with glass cannons sometimes, depending on what you're doing. Um, but I, Yes, but I mean, you're, you're saying getting away, and that's ac- getting away with it, and that's pretty accurate. Like, a lot of the time, like, you can get punished in these sets even for getting away with it. And I don't particularly like to gamble, but it always feels like gambling when I'm in these. Um, so, you know, take that for what it is. But yeah, it, it's definitely inappropriate for content where you're expected to take high damage, that's for sure. And I think they're inappropriate in, like, most content most of the time. If it's um, something like a tier two uh, bird, as long as the, uh, I'm saying procne, as long as hate's controlled, because yeah. uh, if it turns, you're going to die. And you might even die. Oh, everything on it is conal, yeah. Yeah, so if it's something procne, that's where it's an example of getting away with that optimal glass And you're cannon. also on Dragoon, so you can shed your yes. hate. Like, so that's that's, a job it, like, that's, Dragoon, that's yes. like my ninja example I always throw out there. It's like you can wear glass cannons that's on ninja because you're not going to suffer the, the repercussions. It's the same sort of scenario. Like If you know the content is going to hit you with nothing but conals, feel free. Yeah. If you can shed your hate, feel free. It's kind of like so. getting away, getting away. But you have to phrase that properly because some people will hear that you can get away with these glass cannon sets and then start using them all the time. But when you're getting away with these sets, it's actually a very small minority of situations that you can wear these sets. And when you see someone so. using it incorrectly and gets killed in a glass cannon, you don't know what it's like. I feel like I'll let you go on too long. <laughs> you did. So uh, Shino, who uh, talks occasionally in our Discord and is also a BG contributor, yeah. 
said, uh, I have to just include this because they did say this. So this stay-at-home mom lives on 5K DPS a year with this one weird trick, augments. Can't afford a stakini ring? No problem. Make your own with a communion ring and augment plus magic accuracy. I don't even know what the communion ring fucking is. Really, I feel like all the guys are too high level and I barely have any of the items. I basically have to make my own sets in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah, that's fair. Like, you won't always have all of the pieces that people talk about with this stuff. But that's why I'm saying, like, like that. that's why when I was talking about the brew thing and just with our outline in general, take inventory of the shut you have. Like, 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 use the gear you have to play this game and then work on it from there. Like, sometimes you have to improvise. And, yeah, the guides will tell you what they think is the best in situations that aren't defined, but... You know, just kind of use that as an idea of, you know, because like some of the ideas behind the sets are fine, but, you know, the execution's not. And, you know, just kind of keep that in mind. And again, just work with what you have. Like you're all of all of your sets always start with what you can actually equip. <laughs> so so for uh, so I've been talking a lot about augments and stuff like replacing new pants with the uh, Gladys pants are 20 plus. Uh, uh, R25 or 30. Honestly, replace most pants with Gladys pants. R20 plus, they're so good. <laughs> Actually, I think the I think it wasn't until R25 you get the extra 2%. I think I'm basing on 25. I know 30 is for sure, obviously, is the 5, but I think it's only 2% yeah. of 25. Maybe 25 is the threshold because 20 is honestly not that bad to be, but still. If you don't have pieces like that, uh, what I would do is, you know, get rid of Adamar Bonnet for like Malignant's Chapeau on blue or whatever job and keep the Adamar hands. And uh, if you don't have like the higher augment uh gladys whatever and it's just kind of like weighing what you have the box of scraps thing is is uh, and know your limitations like sometimes you just can't attend the content unless you've done the other content first that gets you there or just you're going to do less dps you're just going to have to take off those sanua pants or morgan's tights or whatever and just accept that you're not going to do as much dps by being able to use those augmented higher vengeance uh pieces like gladys hands or whatever yeah wear those dt imperium pieces depending on the job yeah like dragoon would wear those imperium hands plus three even dancer right like let's say that you don't have a lot of dt options on dancer because you're new the dancer hands like i wouldn't be caught dead tp'ing in those but that's because i have a lot of options they are perfectly acceptable to wear a defending ring on your hands for other other jobs where you're still trying to gear up dancer like being able to just enter sortie and unlock plus two and also unlock plus three is is blessed just wear that stuff until you can replace it. And then once you replace the item, you're, you're good to go. So like you, you have a lot of DT options and sure you might miss out on four triple attack or something or like seven store TP. But at the end of the day, you're not a corpse, right? The Imperium so plus two, three thing. is such a great baseline. It's so easy to make. It's, yeah. it's really not gated by much of anything. DT. <laughs> and it offers all these great things. So when I say uh, I like Gladys hands are a better piece, obviously, because they have store DP, pet DT and stuff like that. But if I didn't have an augmented whatsoever, I wouldn't be caught dead anymore in 26 magic evasion acro hands on Dragoon. I would be using those, uh, you know, they may be weaker than an augmented Gladys, but you don't have the augmented Gladys 20, 25, even maybe 15 is probably the limit. Uh, you're going to use those Imperium plus three hands because they have a bunch of DT and a bunch of it's like double attack six or whatever. And they're, they're very hardy with accuracy and everything. Not like those 26 don't have nothing but 20 accuracy Ooh. acro hands. 
I didn't even turn those acro hands into a voucher. I stood in front of my my Cornelia statue <laughs> shrine in my, in my house, and I threw them on the fucking ground. They weren't even going to get turned. I've stopped recycled. carrying the breath augment plus gear for the extra breath I, damage. I put I, it in my storage. Yeah, I, I use um I use the magic accuracy on the Imperian now because it can land, and even without the breath with the breath plus, you don't have the magic accuracy from the gear and stuff on content. It's just going to get resisted anyway. So I kind of just mm-hmm. use the Imperian head for healing breath, and maybe like one or two other pieces that depending on what it is i don't use all of that like i used to use it and it was worth it but the the breath augment stuff i just kind of the on the acro i just kind of stopped carrying because maybe one, we'll a bunch get of space. new stuff that's better yeah you know, but it's maybe just, yes will remember that wyverns exist and it's too paper yeah it's unfortunate because it's like the other job that has to do with this now is pup because there's no good pet dt gear besides with hp and stuff besides like the um you have a few pieces of the Imperian stuff now or whatever, but besides the uh, the Rao gear, there's like nothing else you can play through. Well, I'm sure Beastmaster is probably in a better situation than Pup because you have other pieces that are good, but it just Pup is in a so, weird situation where it's paper and pet sets for meleeing, it's Taeon and Rao, and it just, you are just, you want to hide and cry. So this is like kind of old news, but uh, as far as like the, the thing we got, but I've been soloing uh, a lot of job cards on Summoner lately um, because you can basically do all the objectives except like the magic burst. Um, and on the last floor in Omen, I always used to get so frustrated on this job when like Ramu would get slept by Mandy's while I'm doing objectives. And now he doesn't get resisted or he resists it every time. All of my avatars resist it constantly. Like the, the magic evasion bonus to Summoner is so fucking real. <laughs> And I, I have a feeling it's happening in like other content too. Like I noticed that my Ramu staying out in those dynamics wasn't even getting killed by the ninjas exploding. Oh, that's good. It used yeah, to always it was die. crazy. Yeah, it used to die left and right. Now like the avatars are just staying alive, which is great. So it makes me kind of think that maybe I should look into, you know, what pieces might have DT for avatars and like try to consider keeping them out more often. Well, it feels or bad to not use the Bim Torque on Dragoon, that plus two neck, all that that 25 pet DT, it's just kind of... Yeah, you have to make that choice. You know when you have to use it, you know? It's not in Shoal C, but, I mean, it's definitely in... It's not on Procne, but it's definitely in anything you take Dragoon to, like Zevioso, that neck better be on. I know you don't like toggles, man, but it sounds like a toggle scenario. It's just my my base DT piece. It's just my baseline. It's my skeleton piece there. Nothing feels worse than the Wyvern dying, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, so Ibel also commented on their previous comment about addressing glass cannon sets. They put <laughs> dying in the... They, they commented to their own comments. They replied to themselves. Dying in Excellent. the weapon skill set is not a valid excuse. A dead player's DPS is zero. Improve survivability of the weapon skill set. So I hate that fucking excuse because it's not real anymore. It can be, um, but I mean, definitely... So if people don't have Naomi, yeah. But most of the time, people are weapon skilling mostly Naomi. Yes. For most weapon skills. Yes, and even if and otherwise. by yeah. saying that, that, yeah, you're dying in that set tells me that, that there's something severely wrong with the situation because you're dying in at least 38 generic DT. And if you know the set's that bad, <laughs> say like using Impaka as just PDT only or Gladys PDT only, you, yeah. you that's usually going to be good for most things where you shouldn't be dying a weapon skill set, but it should be, you should know that you better time that weapon skill if you're in a situation where that, I mean, because even at that point, you might as well just wear an Ayame DT weapon Whenever- skill set. Whenever I tell people they need to time weapon skills, it's I almost feel like they're they're looking at me through their through their screen, just like I don't want to cake and eat yeah. it too. Like like my my group was asking me how I'm so fucking hardy on Geo, like like not dying to end guy and stuff, and I'm just like, well, I don't know, I just time things properly, <laughs> you know, because you don't want to get caught in weird sets, you know, you keep the bubble alive by trying to be in your. Uh, 
in the the custom TV set that you've made as often as possible. But you know, I just watch people explode or like the bubbles constantly die or whatever. It's like, come on, like you can actually avoid this. You just have to actually watch the. There's fight. people that don't even put resin <laughs> DT or PDT. PDT resin is a great one for weapon skill capes because you might be a little lacking there, and yeah, usually sure. shell makes up for it. So people that don't yeah. even put PDT ten on their weapon skill capes, just there's no reason you shouldn't have that. Yeah, you can bank or at on least- shell. I used to actually make fun of people who used to put the uh, generic 5DT on their, their capes, but that's actually a pretty reasonable thing to put on nowadays, too. Yeah, I'm transitioning more into it, but some sense I just so can't. So. I, I only get so many Abjalus needles per month, and I have a million capes. <laughs> so <laughs> many Abjalus needles. Yeah, dude, I, it's, I'm it's, slowly it's changing. It's like watching the, uh, walking on the Atlantic City shoreline. <laughs> There's just so many needles. You just can only pick them so many Yeah, the dude, for real. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like I, I keep trying to needle them out. I, I, I kid. The Lenox City's thing. beaches aren't full of needles anymore. Somewhat. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Cinnamon says, "I think depending on my weapon skill, a lot of weapon skill sets have more DT than my TP sets sometimes." Because <laughs> Naomi. Yeah, which is that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, like Naomi is kind of a fixer for that problem. Like most people shouldn't die. Like whenever I see a Dark Knight Torque Weavering and they say they died in the weapon skill set, I raise what? an eyebrow. So yeah. a lot of people just have base Naomi because they uh, paid for it because they're a teacher who doesn't have time to do anything. But there's just kind of no excuse that if, Why you're, are you wearing it? if you're going to content, there's no reason you can't do V10 Bumba V5. I could probably solo with Trust V5 Bumba on Blue Mage. Not that it's like, oh, look at me, I'm great. But it's just the point of how easy V5 is. Like if you need to do something weaker to get a baseline, nobody should be an R0 anything unless you are a new player. If you were like, I've seen a lot of master level 50s, because you know how that got there, uh, even 40-ish that have R0 everything. There's just no... If what you... happens is people don't jump on this content when it comes out, and then all of a sudden they need to catch up. And then all of a sudden they, they find out that they can take a shortcut by going in with someone else, and then they, they end up having to pay for it because they didn't build up all the clears. Honestly, people just go back through and get all your fucking clears. You need to augment anyway, generally, so... Yes, go get your clears. It also gets you RP. And it makes you better at fighting this content. It's so easy <laughs> it, to it farm makes you RP not useless because yeah. you don't even have to kill the mobs. So if even if you just yeah, have a friend, you're not even to punished. It, you just need all a, other content in this game punishes you for losing. You just need to do six percent damage and die. You, with any job, <laughs> you can pretty much do that on a lot of these tiers. It's really not that hard. We raise up and just that's it. Okay, come back. The farming yeah. RP is the easiest thing. It's not even beating the mob. You just have to wear an amplifier from your shoal seas. You get all your segments on and just fucking do six percent and die. You can you can go overdrive a bumba and then you could also do a beastmaster to bumba. Like it's very easy. Just even you as can do a beastmaster to bumba. Yeah. Well, if you if you have like a full set of galettes, you're probably fine. You probably have the magic act to hit it. So. Yep. Well, I mean, just also people have all these mules and multi box and stuff. You you bring um, so today for the tree you had the rake on with uh, the water runes, and then you can land it. But also, you have the pet, the Draken roll or whatever, Draken, whatever, it's, that'll give you, I think that's the magic accuracy one for pets. And you have, you can also stymie uh, Frazzle 3 and stuff. So you you can land them on basically anything with those three things, with the the rake, the that, and that. So it just depends on, you don't need, sometimes you just need like a couple players next to you to do basic things, but you don't need much for a lot of these things to do 6% on, even with just kind of a bare bones team. Yeah. It's true. I was glad someone was yelling today just to farm RP, and I, I joined it, and it was a very productive run. So Because my Gladys knife needed an extra subtle blow, too, on it, and I'm glad I got to 28.9. <laughs> I 
But there's, just, there's no reason to have R0. You should not be joining VD Ambuscade if you... I mean, you can still. You don't need... I mean, R0 is a higher baseline than we used to have. I'm not saying... But it's just your priority is what I'm saying should be different than not caring. There's so many people that don't care, especially on Warrior anymore. They just don't care to get anything done, but they still show up to the content. So it's very confusing. You don't care to do stuff to build your character out. Yeah, you show up to the content still. Part of me really hates how good the bases on Sackpot is, is because it makes people think that you don't need the rest of the shit on it. Yeah. It's not true. Like Sackpot's as a base, like at zero, has really low accuracy, actually. So like the more you level that up, sure you get like attack and you get like whatever special traits they threw on each piece or whatever. Like, this is, it's nice, you know, it's the prize in the Cracker Jacks box. But what is good is it gains a lot of accuracy over all the pieces, and it really needs that. So this stuff is like we've, we've it's been the motif over and over again. You don't need R15 to do whatever weapon you can take ambuscade weapons and still do it. That's true. But you do need the armor around it to support this. That's more important yeah. to, than these weapons and stuff. Everyone focuses on weapons and it's just it's always been the motif. Yeah, like the weapons if you, not as important as the gear sets supporting it. Yeah. What you want to realize is like if you if you watch my Dark Knight struggle in that in that Embos video that we just put out. <laughs> a lot of that is because I was dumb and didn't, didn't armor break. Um, I do joke about using an R6 APOC, but you have to realize that the rest of the gear that surrounds that is immaculate. Like I have R25 Naomi, I have a full set of R30 Sakpatas. You know, I've got like all the JC equipment that you need, all the capes that you need, all that stuff. So like you still need the stuff that surrounds that piece. I'm not saying that people can be even lazier and start bringing R0 Sakpatas sets with R0 APOCs into things and just assuming that they're going to win the fight. You are Like you still have to actually be geared out. It is still a V25 fight. So you know, handle it with the respect that you need to handle it with. It's the old how much is enough and what are you focusing on, so. Yeah, the concept of enough, exactly. But otherwise, unless you have anything else to add, Fox, I think the concept of enough has applied to this episode. Yeah, probably. No, I don't. I'm good. All right, then. Well, later, guys. <laughs>